Yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Good morning. <laughs> welcome, everyone, to Kyle and Ike, the conversation. Happy morning, Mr. Landman. Uh, welcome, welcome, sir. Good to see you again, my friend, as always. Episode... Episode number nine, I believe. Ooh, we're moving up in the world. Yeah, we're almost man. to double digits. Nine is my favorite number. Nine is your favorite number? And with my favorite number, we have one very favorite badassery guest. Hi. Re- wait, Hi. Re- re-guest? He's been here? What, was he here before me? Said badassery guest. I mumble. Oh, badassery. M- don't mumble. Mr. Jason Moore. <laughs> Hello, I'm known as Mr. Nine. Mr. Mr. Nine. Nine. Yeah, for reasons beyond what we want to know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> How's it going, brother? Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for having me. This yeah. is cool. I'm excited. Welcome, welcome. Well, you don't even know what you're getting into. I know. Yet, that's but you're why. Excited. I, that's why I'm kind of excited. And uh, like you, I said, I apologize. I didn't do my research, but in part of it was I was like, "Fuck it. Let's just let's throw just me to the it. wolves." So I was going to give you some serious shit about not doing research, but you just saying, fuck it, throw me the wolves. I kind of really appreciate that. So that's fucking <laughs> awesome. Right on, man. Well, I, Shawnee had told me about what you guys were doing and said that it was cool. So that's all I need. Yeah. So that's it. Shawnee and I had an awesome conversation the other day. I was fixing some light bulbs at her place and she, and she I was like, oh, we're going to start doing guests. She's like, oh, you got to have Jason on as a guest. And so then Kyle and I were jamming the other day. It's like, what should we bring on? Who should we bring? Yeah, I didn't fucking know. Well, number nine, number nine, <laughs> number nine. Yeah, just I just that's all I said to Kyle. It's like, well, this works. Number nine. Yeah, <laughs> this works. This works. Because Jason and I were talking the other week. I'm like, man, at some point we actually like, get together. Because he's the one who sent me that coffee. I know. That's why. And, I, uh, that's why I suggested because we got a mutual. Like I know Jason from way back. Not yeah. way way back, but far enough back. And then you told me he brought you that coffee that one day, and yeah, I was dude. like, oh, so we it got was a connection. Check me up. I needed that that day. I was having a rough week, and then I got a big package from you, and I was like, fuck, yeah. Yeah. That's what a lot of people say. <laughs> That's why <laughs> that they time. call him number nine. The timing was impeccable. <laughs> yeah, so you know Jason yeah, for a while. He delivered like, a big package. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this is going in the gutter quick, my man. Woo. So um, you've known Jason for a while. I've known Jason for a while, too. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, so... I moved back in 2013. Okay. Yeah. So yep. it's seven. It'll be eight years, first of July, that I moved back. You'll be back. And I've been with the club for six and a half years. So it's probably been six and a half years. Yeah. And the first year, I kind of was super DL hanging low. And then once I started doing the coffee lodge, that's when I kind of came out of my, uh, shell yeah so to speak yeah because you were you were or doing some stuff hiding. with us at the club and yeah. and you just started becoming a prominent I was, I was, badass I was, that, I was that guy you were that guy hey, there's that guy hey who's that <laughs> who the fuck's this guy who's the, who's the who's the fucking new guy over there <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but i think he's kind of cool we should talk to him <laughs> so we met in ryan's kitchen for the first time how long had you been back oh, at shit. that point I rem- wow, yeah, I remember that yeah. now. That's crazy, dude. Um, so probably three years, maybe, I'd been back. Okay. Yeah. So you've been back three years at that point. So that was the first time I'd ever had a pour-over coffee in my life. Really? And coming from a guy who used to own coffee shops, I'd never even heard of a pour-over coffee. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so when you were showing me the pour-over... At first, I was like, the fuck is this shit? It's this goddamn <laughs> city shit. This is some pretentious ass <laughs> fucking bullshit. 
<laughs> I'm like, just give me some coffee. With, I want to chew it. That's what I want. <laughs> then and then uh, and then I had it, and it took fucking forever. Seriously though, it takes five minutes. For me at the time, that's a long time when you yeah, you want your fucking yeah. coffee. We're sitting in the kitchen and like we got coffee for you. I'm like, awesome. So sitting there and it's like drip, drip. I'm yeah. like, fuck, man. Because <laughs> at the time I'm like, how do they sell this shit? Like, how, someone's gonna wait for five minutes in my drive through for a, a, a yeah. pour over. But no, man. It, and it's such good coffee too. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, so Jason, you broke both Ike and my pour over virginity. Nice. Kudos, boom. Number nine, cherry yeah. breaker. Yeah. Like I said, I deliver the big package. Yeah. <laughs> My first pour over was from him, too. Nice. And I've never gone back. Did yours only take five minutes, too? Four. <laughs> Took four. We were a little quicker. Was that at uh, Very Merry or the, the event for the Boys and Girls Club? I can't remember. I can't either, but it was an it was, eye-opening experience. I yeah. remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's a while. Like, you never... It's super, super simple, but you never would realize what a difference just the method, uh, you know, French press, pour over, just regular coffee, you name it. Even even the, um, shit, what's it called? It's, you take it camping. An AeroPress. Yes. I have an yeah. AeroPress as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 Kyle's, Kyle's got all the gadgetry. I've got two gadgets, an AeroPress and a chemex so what's the one it's got a decanter and it like steeps down the it's like a uh siphony tube oh yeah, the, the the anti-gravity yeah, siphon thing Dude, yeah those there was a place in la called balcony they closed and it's so good like it's it's really rich i don't know how just through gravity and all that mm-hmm. it's amazing it's really there's, really good there's a little town here in wisconsin and i i, w- I want to say it might even be spring green Somewhere there's this little coffee shop and it's in the, on this corner building and it's like we Stephanie and I went there and I don't think it's spring green because I can't I can't visualize it in spring green but we went in we were going to a play or some shit and we walked into the building and it was like this vast open space and this guy had like 12 different kinds of coffee makers and that was one of them mm. and he had six different kinds of pastries and then nothing else it was like 2000 square feet of in one counter for his pastries and one counter for the coffee. And it was super like LA. It was like very minimalist and you walk around and there's some cool fucked up looking art on the walls of like people disemboweling dogs and shit. It's really fucking weird. Yeah, it was strange, but it was like, you just wanted to hang out, you know? And 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 the guy who was selling the coffee, he was like, he was like straight out of LA and he was so into it. And he was explaining the whole process. He made the coffee and I'm like, how are you doing? He goes, fucking terrible. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, you guys are my first customer today. It's like, these people don't get me. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're in Wisconsin, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, we love it, but this is like, yeah, it's we hard. like different shit. Can you do everybody a favor and explain yeah. what a pour over is? How does that work? So if for, cause I didn't know how it worked. Right. And if you right. could just kind of give us a, an idea, give yeah. us a little rundown. So a pour over is a method of making coffee. It's a slower process. Um, through this process, it takes out the carbon dioxide that's naturally in coffee. There's a company I'll just called Hario, Japanese company, and so I use them. They have uh, it's called the V60. It's uh, V-shaped, 
And like my dad used to make pour over coffee, but old school style. And you would just heat the water on the, um, you know, in the kettle on the stove and just pour the water on there. Um, the new process is was that one of those old plastic ones yes yeah 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 and so there's fins inside the pour over and the old school style just had the fins they were straight and they went straight down to the bottom the new style has these they're like uh curved waves and they go and they all go in the same direction but they you know, it's a wave, it's curved. I'm trying to figure out the best way to explain it's, it. It's like ridges Yes, that start from the top of, like if you look into a transmission and you see yep. the way the gears fit together, yep. it looks like that because the gear, it turns to the center point. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And so then those ridges and fins are used to direct the water down into the bottom and they're going a certain direction, but you use what's called a gooseneck kettle which also is made by Hario and you can get an electric one sponsored by Hario and um, <laughs> a new sponsor ladies <laughs> yeah, right. and gentlemen. And so the, the electric kettle will then warm up your water. I believe it's to around 203. That's like right before boiling, I believe. And so it's the perfect temperature and then you pour, but you pour counterclockwise. So then you're using the Coriolis effect, which is gravity and you're pouring counterclockwise, which goes against the fins. So when you're pouring counterclockwise, the water is coming in, hitting the fins and then using that gravity to bounce around, bing, 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 all these fins. And then with the Coriolis effect, the gravity is extracting as much flavor as possible. And you're getting as much as possible because the water is bouncing on these fins and back and forth. So question. Yep. I'm envisioning the water going the opposite direction in which the fins are are going yes. into the bottom of the cup. Correct. So it when you pour the water in the opposite direction, it... It doesn't just change direction and roll down the fins. It actually bounces off. It bounces the fins? around. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I didn't. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. No so idea. so it bounces around, and then as it's bouncing, gravity is also taking its toll. So it's bouncing and just kind of collecting as much flavor as possible as it's coming down. And so you do that, and then there's the most important thing: whether you're making a pour over or like a French press, is the bloom. So what you first do is you put in, let's just say 20 grams, coarse grounds. You put it in there. The bloom is getting the grounds wet. So you don't pour all the water in there. You just pour a little bit in to get the grounds wet. And then you'll look and it looks like the La Brea tar pits. It'll start bubbling and you'll see like oil in the bubbles. And so there's oil in the CO2 that comes out. That's how it kind of comes out the best way. So then that also doesn't agitate your stomach. So... When you hit the bloom, and that's the reason you pause, is because if you just wet it all down and keep going, you're going to overwhelm the bloom. Yes. And you're going to lose that release yes. of the CO2s. Correct. And the CO2s are part of what causes the acidity? Causes the acidity, and then the chemical reaction within your stomach, where sometimes it's maybe um, <clears throat> just reactionary. Like, I'm, I have a very delicate stomach, so the pour-over in French press is the best for me. See, I always... I had always thought that a big part of so um, what a big part of the acidity is from the heat extraction, heat, and also the grind, as well. So like, 
say a um, like espresso or even doing the AeroPress. Like if I have an AeroPress, my stomach, same bean, um, same water temperature. But if I do an AeroPress because of that fine grind and it's pushing through there, for some reason it tears my stomach up. Espresso is super acidic. Yeah, yeah. like because it's just boom. It's not. It's just fast, hard, and well, that know. makes sense to the point where it doesn't allow that. CO2 to release right. because it's completely in a sealed unit 100%. and it's all high pressure through yep. small grains through a very small filter. So it, it makes, I mean, it, yeah, that's awesome. I, did, I, I didn't realize yeah. that part of the release. I knew there was the bloom, but I didn't realize that's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's crazy. Like I, I would was, n- yeah. never have known until I got one of those AeroPresses and I was using same, same water temperature, same bean, same everything except you know, the f- extraction super, super fast. And it just, dude, it tears my stomach. It's really mm. weird. So I just, I don't drink espresso. Everything is either AeroPress or French press. Sorry, 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 sorry. Pour over. Pour over French yeah. press. So did you ever go down the toddy route? What's the what? The toddy, the cold brew? Uh, I've done where I'll, I'll do, um, is, what is toddy? I guess toddy. Toddy is is like uh, they're the the dominant manufacturer of the cold brew decanters in, in the system. That's like that's oh, a I, more I, of a no. commercial. So you can you can buy a toddy cold brew system uh, anywhere. Okay, like they even have them down at Coffee Bean. Oh, I was so not aware. It's a it's a it's a decanter for all you guys not watching video right now. I'm making a good decanter <laughs> motion with my hands. Um, there's is no there video. There's no, no video. No video. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. No. <laughs> Wait, wait, one of these days we'll get some video going maybe, but it's wait, like... You got that one right up there. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just a security camera. Security. Yeah. Um, so basically, I started doing this because when I had my coffee shop, I was drinking so much espresso, it was killing my my guts. I couldn't, oh, yeah. I couldn't drink anymore. Yeah. So, But I love coffee so much. So I read about this cold brew system by Toddy, and it's just a, it's a plastic decanter. It holds maybe... I don't know. I'm going to guess somewhere near a gallon of water. Right. You put one pound of coffee in there. Mm-hmm. You've uh, actually, I should go back. Take the decanter in the um, bottom of the decanter. There's a disc filter. It's a fabric filter. It's probably about two, two and a half inches round. Um, and then a small rubber plug underneath the filter housing. Um, you put the plug in the filter in. you put maybe two inches of water. You pour in half a pound of ground coffee. I use a little more coarse grounds. Right. So it doesn't clog the filter yep. so bad. And then you put in more water and then more coffee, more water, and you get to the top, and then the top kind of mushrooms out. With They say use a whole pound. A whole pound makes it a little bit strong for me, but you let it sit overnight, 24 hours, you just let it right. sit. And then when you're ready, you got a, a glass decanter that goes underneath the plastic one. You pull the plug, pour it out, and it's super concentrated coffee. And then I would heat it up in a saucepan on the stove. I would mix it 50-50 with water. Right. Super low acid. The yeah. flavor's amazing. Yeah. And and it just because it just steeps right. in its own juices. Yep. You know. So that's how I had to get around okay. the stomach issues. Okay. I and and I actually for a while I sold it as oh, nice. iced coffee. Yeah. And it's it's so good. It's so I mean good. iced coffee is amazing. I do I guess what would be the cowboy version of that, where I just have super coarse grounds and I've got a big glass jar. I just throw all the grounds in there and let it sit for 24 hours. Oh, sure. And then use a screen, pour it all out. And I mean, that's the best thing, especially, 
you know, coming up spring, summer here. And another hint for all the listeners is when you have leftover coffee, don't throw it away, put it in, get an ice tray, put it in the ice tray. So when you make iced coffee, your coffee does not get watered down with your ice cubes. The cubes are actually oh, made out of coffee, so you. it doesn't get watered down. Here's a little tip for you. That's from Jason Ware at Solace Creek Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Checks payable directly. <laughs> You're like the Ron Swanson of coffee. You guys are you guys are way too into this shit, man. <laughs> it's a deep dive, man. That, that's such a deep dive. It seems like a lot of work. I'm just gonna. You would you, never know, dude, though. Dude, you roast your own coffee in your fucking garage. Seriously, you have a one in the base. You got your own coffee roaster in your house. So I know. Like, do you? You have got one of the like, countertops. I think you like sent a me a picture. More, yeah. 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 You're, it's all right. You're I like, in the deep dive. I know. Just you just didn't but, open up. You just didn't try to sell your shit. No. <laughs> You'll start. That's how I started, dude. Was with that whirly pop on the stove. Like when I used I to use an here. air popper. Yeah, I could only yeah. do like thirty grams at oh, a fucking yeah. time. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is for tomorrow. <laughs> so you, I, I know you guys are serious coffee nerds when you're talking in grams. Right. You know, it's like <laughs> that's because you you pronounced it grains, and I'm thinking, like, no, you're fucking wrong. It's not grains. What? You mentioned grains before. You were just wrong. Fuck you. I was talking about the grounds <laughs> of the coffee. I don't know what you're talking about. I did not. Hey, no one even knows fucking Jason. Who are you? <laughs> why Why do you know coffee well, so how much? About, yeah, I was going to say, let's do a quick segue. So I had a coffee company called Lodge Coffee Roasters. Yep. I've um, got your mug. Yes. I know. I saw that. I was like, nice, dude. Um, and I now have a coffee company called solace Creek coffee roasters. Yep. And just real, I'm just going to do a plug so I can get it done. Do it. Otherwise I'll forget about it. Currently at the moment, what I'm doing is I'm selling coffee with, um, Baraboo social club and also the kindness skate shop. So we're raising money for, Bella Vita um, cafe too. uh, Bella Vita is not part of raising money for the oh, skate okay. park. Apologies. Uh, no worries. I'll, I'll get into that. I, I will, I will not leave them out. Um, so we're raising funds for the skate park in Baraboo. They're trying to build a new skate park. I grew up skating. Uh, it's, I'm, I mean, I'm wearing a thrasher sweatshirt right now. It creates skateboarding created who I was, my DIY attitude that I've carried throughout my entire life, music and all that stuff. So go, to if you're local go to the kindness skate shop or go to the bear social club we're selling bags for 15 dollars. we've already raised 500 bucks for the skate park and the kids need a skate park and there you go and then i also sell if you don't if you're not into skating or kids then you can <laughs> go to uh, bella vita and buy coffee or uh starting next week i'll actually be selling out of konamichi as well so right on that's super cool it's fun i love it it's there you go yeah and it's some it's some fucking and awesome it's all, coffee. Yeah, it's all done by hand. Yeah. So I hand roast the coffee. There's no machines, no computers. It's all sensory. And like I said, I started on a whirly pop when I first yeah. moved back to Baraboo out of my kitchen. Yeah. It's good shit. Coffee's fantastic. It is it's, fantastic. It's, it's good coffee. I've, I've been having, since you've been back, I've been, I've been drinking your coffee on and off. Nice. And found it at different places. And uh, you, you had one that was at the the holly jolly or whatever that was down there at the, oh, um, the watch, very merry the fest? very merry yeah. fest yeah <clears throat> i remember my wife and i went down there and you made us a pour over and you said this one tastes kind of like dirt <laughs> <laughs> and it was like 
what? <laughs> you're like, it's very earthy. <laughs> and we, we drink it. My wife's like, yep, that tastes like dirt. It's weird. It, it's, so it's, was it, it was it doused with Highland Park 12? No, it was not doused with it. No, it, if it was, then it would have been a little more earthy. Yeah. No, um, no, it was, it was like, it was a flavor of coffee I've never had before. I'm going to go on a limb, and Jason's going to correct me if I'm wrong. Earthy, I'm guessing it was a Sumatran. Well, that's, I'm, I'm trying to go through my head right now and figure out what I would have had at that time. Um, so this was early on in Solace. Right. So that would probably be, it was either, wouldn't be an ETH. I'm trying to f- figure out what it would be. I don't, might have been, yeah, I don't know. Either, I've had some interesting like Nicaraguans, but those are really, really good. That sounds familiar. Like it might have been a Nicaraguan. It was either a Nicaraguan or a Sumatran. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. Um, and it's weird, dude. Like when I first started drinking coffee um i mean i would just i actually this is kind of funny the reason i started drinking coffee a my dad drank coffee so i wanted to be like my dad b all the cute girls hung out i was living in santa barbara all the cute girls hung out at coffee shops there was a place called c's coffee and all these uh, there was this group of super hot girls i'm actually still friends with all of them it's pretty cool um and they all drank coffee and they were super cool and had like their leather jackets and oh so they were they weren't like santa barbara like valley girls no they this were, was they were, they were super yeah edgy. this was like uh what they used to call like alternative like listen oh, yeah, to nice. jane's addiction mm-hmm. and joy division and that kind of shit and um so i was like wow who because all the other girls are i'm blonde and i surf and bah, 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 bah. how much of our shit is dictated by women like when we're young, like how, like how many men got into whatever they're into in their lives because they followed a girl somewhere? <laughs> you know? I'd say 98%. Yeah, it's, it's a really fucking high number. And it still is. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's just like, I want to meet her, so I guess I'm going to be Mormon now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess this is way. I got to talk to her, man. It's like, we do some crazy shit, man. Yeah. It's like, yeah. there's just these things we do to. But it's, it's just DNA, you know? Yeah. It's. And sometimes, like when you're in a relationship, you you might not even know something, but your girlfriend or wife or partner or whoever will say something, and it will trigger something that, for me, I just live my life, and I'm like, ah, fuck it, whatever. But if Shawnee says something, I'm like, okay, I need to take notice. And I will change either a habit or behavior that maybe perhaps I thought was, eh, whatever, but then she'll say something and I'm like, okay, I'll take notice and I'll work on that. Or I will change because she's said something and I don't want to um, like make her unhappy or something. Mm. Interesting. Mm. So I, I, I think that when you say that to me, yeah. what, what I think about is I think this is going to, this is going to get me in trouble. What I think is that, Sometimes our partners, spouses, girlfriends, whatever, they will say things as like a little test of like our individuality. So I think a lot of times, geez, this is going to deep dive quick. In relationships, what happens is, is that if somebody changes too much to the um, direction of somebody else, yes. they, they lose the original reason they were together. 100%. Some of that spark. 100%. So... I think there are times when women will will say things 
like you said, drop little nuggets as a test to see how willing you are to bend who you are uh, to meet right. who they want you to be. And I can be 100% honest in saying I was for a long time the guy I would change everything about me. Right. And it fucked over some relationships oh, because yeah. I turned into somebody else. Yeah, yeah. And and I there's that there's a fine balance there where if you lose who you are as a man, then all of a sudden the the piece of the relationship gets lost because there's got to be some of that. It's like uh, I don't know what the fucking two magnets going together. Yep. They can't stick together all the fucking time. They yeah. got to have a yeah. little hundred percent resistance. Hundred percent. And and so. It's like that's it. I just think it's a little. It's it's an interesting little part of the dance, right? Well, I'll, so I agree with you a hundred percent. I have some examples. So my brother Miles, uh, he's out in L.A. He had met this girl, fell in love with this girl. Um, he was with her for a few years, and they started having issues. And he's like, dude, she's fucking pissed off because blah 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 and i'm like miles like you're not miles anymore i'm like i don't want to be rude but you become a bitch yeah like you stay home you watch fucking friends (laughs) and she fell in love with you because you were this goofy guy who played music you rode your bike and you did all this weird shit you're not that guy anymore man like you were not that dude. And I'm telling you as your brother and I love you, you're not that guy. And if I was the girl and I was in a relationship with you, I'd be like, yeah, this, uh, I don't want to date my male version of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. So, so I fully agree and understand with, so that's that example. The example was say Shawnee is, um, so I, I don't drink. I went through a period of like six years where I was sober and that was because I was making horrible decisions in my life. Um, I've never made a horrible decision while drinking ever. <laughs> don't, don't yeah. listen to episode seven. Oh my God. Yeah. Stay away from episode seven. Um, but recently as I've been getting older, like when I moved back to Wisconsin, um, beer is a huge culture here. Oh yeah. Yep. Huge, huge culture. It's almost like coffee culture. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy, and I I can't drink beer like I tried to, and I'd have like lining kugels or you know get fucking PBR, you know all that kind of stuff, and my nose would get all fucked up, my sinuses, my allergies really would get really really bad, and um I'd just be blowing my nose, I'd feel like shit, I'd be totally inflamed and just kind of like really agitated the next day. So I stopped drinking beer. Is it, did you find out it was it the wheat or something in the beer? Is there? Some- I, I never like researched like through a professional, but through my own diagnosis and you know the internet, yep. <laughs> WebMD, WebMD. <laughs> uh, just I think it's like a wheat reaction allergy mm-hmm. to you know and hops and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I stopped drinking beer and then I just drank bourbon i loved bourbon so i would drink bourbon on the rocks uh mainly bullet rye beautiful stuff um and then the same thing started happening and um two years ago now i think it no it'd be a year and something because it's been a year and 
couple of months that I haven't drank. Um, so pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic. And I wasn't making bad decisions or any of that kind of stuff like I used to. It was just Shawnee got one of my favorite musical artists is Charlie Parr. And he's amazing. He's out of the Twin Cities. I had actually stumbled upon him when I was living in the Philippines on Tumblr, of all places, which was super weird. And and I was like, holy shit, this guy's from the area where I grew up. And then when I moved back here, I just, I'd always go to his shows. He's amazing. So anyways, Shawnee got us tickets, box seat tickets to the uh, Mineral Point uh, opera house up yep. there. Beautiful place. So we saw Charlie Parr. We went out. I had one drink before dinner. That's it. One drink. And this was uh, for my Christmas present. So we got an Airbnb, super rad place. Beautiful. The whole experience was super, super beautiful. But after the show, we went back to the Airbnb and like, I was done out. Like I just, I couldn't move. It was like narcolepsy. We're um, just toast. Wow. And, she, and she was super, she's like, listen, like, she was really upset and like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I we went to Char- Charlie Parr. I got this whole weekend for us and you can't even do anything. You can't even function. And um, that was my trigger for, I don't want to A, upset Shawnee. I know that drinking is not good. It naturally makes me depressed and it's inflammatory. Two things I don't want to be is a sad flamer. Yeah. And um <laughs> and especially um, with the name number nine. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not six where it's like I got you six. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. There's some people out there be super happy with six. I ain't saying I'm one of them, but <laughs> <laughs> and uh so that was one of those things where she didn't say, hey you got to quit drink. Cause I wasn't being an alcoholic or a fucking idiot, but her unhappiness triggered me to stop to make her happy. And she wasn't playing games. She no, wasn't no, right. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm not saying, yeah, yeah. That, and that's super fair. So, so to, to back up what I said that I was going to get in trouble for, I'm not saying that Shawnee was specifically trying to play games with you. Right. People I'm, do though. I, they do. And I've had girlfriends like that. And I, and I think that like, to, to your specific situation there, I mean, you had a whole physical, biological reaction to, yes. to, to one drink. Yes. So that's on a, on a level of like, you're unhappy. Yes. She's unhappy. Yes. You ruined your night. Yes. And, and if you look back at like when you had that drink, did you know that there was a possibility that this could happen? Um, it slowly had start to develop where before I'd have a drink and I would enjoy it, but I would never get like hammered or anything like that. But I would, you know, say after work, I'd have a, you know, two fingers of bourbon. Sure. Yeah. On the rocks. But then I slowly notice where it wasn't enjoyable where it wasn't like, Oh, I'm just, taking the edge off mm-hmm. and chilling out. It was, I've, I've got a gazillion different side projects and little hustles that I do. Mm-hmm. And that one drink just stopped me and 
I was just like, ah, fuck it, I'll do this. Fuck it. Yeah. yeah, it just consumed everything. Yeah, just from one thing. And it wasn't like I was like, belligerent and puking mm-hmm. everywhere. It was just like, oh, dude, I can't even. Well, yeah, it, it affected your being. Yes. You know, and, and that's like, that's to, to have uh, the personal awareness and then to have somebody like Shani who's also got an awareness who isn't afraid to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, that's. That's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. It She's really awesome. is. Yeah, yeah she, calls, she is awesome. She calls me out on my shit a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of it. Yeah, well. I think that you find like I have the girlfriend start not personally, but my friend used to have a girlfriend, and it's like she wouldn't even want us to hang out, and so it's like it's been a month since we hung out. What the fuck? Right. He goes well. I need to spend time with her. I'm like, you do that every fucking night. You got to have some boy yeah. time. Yep. Yeah. So you have that situation, and I. But I do think to dispute you, Ike. When you find the right person who just wants to make you better, there's personal growth. And I have no issue if my wife calls me out on some shit to make her happier, but at the same time make me better. Right. No, I'm not. And <laughs> fuck you. Shut up. So no, no, fuck you. I'm going to, I'm going to finish my point since you guys are calling me out on my shit right now. And that's cool. My point around it was. We're just trying to save you before be, you go home. And yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm all, you can't save me. You can't it's save done. me, man. It's, it's done. done. It's done. <laughs> um, it's all good. No, so. I, I And I think there's a difference, though. Like, there's a difference in maturity. Yes. And, and, and being. There's a difference between being called out on your shit. And then, and then getting to a point where your friend was or your brother was, right. where they're trying to change a person, like your partner, spouse, girlfriend, whatever. It's usually not the spouse, but it's it's at a point where they're um, trying to, to to mold somebody into somebody that's more like them. So, like you said, they turn into a female right. version, you know, yeah. of or a male version of their girlfriend. But can I interject? Yes, absolutely. Sometimes I think as men. And I don't think my brother's girlfriend made him, I mean, maybe she wanted to sit down and watch Friends and stuff like that, but I think his idea of trying to make her happy and assimilating and through osmosis, he became that person. Absolutely. I don't think she said, listen, sit down and watch fucking Friends. Right. We're watching the whole season. I don't think she ever said that. Just just so we understand cuz us as men we try to be tough yeah but we also want to be adored and liked and loved and loved and i mean i've been in fucked up relationships just because of the attention i was getting mm-hmm. attention and i loved hey someone's paying attention to me i have shitty self esteem but this fucking batshit crazy hot chick's paying attention to me sure okay i'll Fucking right. let's let's throw well, gas on the fire. See, well, <laughs> and to that point, that's that's our own past trauma. Yeah, right. Exactly. So when when I speak to like my old relationships where I got fucked up in that way, yeah, it was my old past trauma trying to be wanting to be loved, wanting yeah. to be accepted, and absolutely, and, and willing to do anything in the world to change who I was just because I wanted to make somebody like me. Yeah, yes. I wanted to be a, have approval from right. somebody. Right. And and it's like I think as a maturity of a relationship grows as men and women and together, yes. we understand the difference between the little negs and then the the calling out on your shit. Yes. You know, and it's like so it's a hundred percent fifty fifty, like the guy's gotta own all of his parts of it. Cause if he's right. willing to change who he is and sit on the couch and watch friends for two months straight and not hang out with his buddies, 
you, you got to acknowledge that. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So the calling out of the shit is is so super important. I know that personally, for me, I am less likely to call my wife out on her shit. And I don't know how you, if you guys are this, the same or not, but I know I, I, I don't know what it is. It's like I'm not as vocal about it as you know as she is with mine. Hmm, that's an interesting <laughs> question. Um. I mean, Shawnee's really amazing at communicating. Yeah. She's really good at communicating. Yeah, neither am I. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm learning. We're all in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I'm an awesome listener. But, like, communicating, if I have an issue, um, the unfortunate thing is, is before it would have to get um, really bad for right. me to address it. And then usually instead of addressing it, I just be like, fuck it. I'm out. Right. I mm -hmm. don't want to have to have this conversation because a, I, you know, looking back at where I was and who I was, I wasn't mentally um, mature enough or couldn't just kind of like process that actually it's super, super simple and it's not going back to where you just want to be liked. Mm -hmm. And you think if you have these conversations, all of a sudden you're, you're opening up the door and they're not going to like you right. because you are um, trying to engage in a conversation. And also no one ever called me when I was a kid. I never really got um, intelligent conversations or feedback or, you know, betterment or had someone in my life to have those conversations. So I never had anything to base it on or have a role model until, you know, I become older and you read books and you do personal work and workshops and stuff. Like, and then you, you have those tools, you know what I mean? And you also want to use them, I think, which is the most important thing. I, I, well, that's what drives you to buy the books and do the tools. Mm -hmm. And, right. you know, mm -hmm. it's like I have a counselor I see and my counselor has helped me in so many ways because my communication was garbage because I was still this little boy. Right. You know, and I wanted to be liked and I didn't want to stir the pot because if I stirred the pot, then they might not like me anymore. And my communication has grown tremendously in the last 10 years, but it's like, it, it's like pulling teeth. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's mine like, still sucks. Yours still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I got called up by my wife the other day. She goes, Hey, I got this thing uh, tomorrow. I'm like, what? I didn't know about this. She goes, I literally for like two weeks have put the information on your wallet. Like, so you can look at it when you leave in the morning. Like, Oh, I just put that off to the side. <laughs> I didn't even read it. I didn't read it. No. Goes, yeah. I do this all the time. I'm like, yeah, I don't read any of this. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> She's trying, man. My bad. She's trying. Just yeah. tell me like, Hey, read this. And well, I you, will. <laughs> so you know that like, we're like, we're totally loved when someone's willing to put a note on your wallet for two fucking weeks because they know, that that you need a little bit of help keeping your <laughs> yeah. you know keeping yeah. your date straight yeah. like that's a, that's a lot of energy and thoughtfulness yeah that, and not to just chew your head off and yell at you but here's right. here's a here's a subtle approach yep to make this work and to help you because perhaps maybe they know that the yet they're mature and adult enough to know that the yelling will probably do the exact opposite right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's so women are so much more mature than we are. 
That's like hundred percent. I like I. I this is something that you know. It's like as a as I grew into a man, I realized pretty quickly. Like we're way fucking behind when it comes to maturity. Oh, we're ding dongs. Yeah, we're totally. But that's what makes us who we are. Yeah, you know. And I think that's part of what, for some weird fucking reason, <laughs> makes men attractive, <laughs> is that we've got this insufficient maturity. We're moldable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's what it is right there. Yeah, yeah, we're moldable. We can we can be. Let's tweak this a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's just, a it, the whole communication thing when it comes to relationships, I've never found one more key component in a relationship to make it work or, or fail is, is communication, honest communication. Yes. It's like, that is number one, the key right down the line. hundred percent. That's and, it. And I would double up on that and say all relationships, not just, uh, a romantic relationship. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know whether it's it's work, friends, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like, and the beautiful thing is, is I'm I I, I get that and I learn it now. Mm-hmm. But I really wish I would have known that twenty years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's had you. It's it's strange though. If you go back in time twenty years ago and you knew that shit. Yeah. Would you have had the experiences you had? Would you be the man you are today? Right. And that's, that's always kind of the, the question. And, you know, there's, there's certain, uh, points on the map of my life where I'm like at that moment in my life, if I would have known how to handle that situation or communicate more clearly, how much of my life would have changed and where would I be instead of my big thing was um, fight or flight, Mm -hmm. huge fight or flight, like either fuck you or I'm out (laughs) one Mm -hmm. of the two. And usually fuck you and I'm out. I was going to say that. (laughs) Fuck you and then I'm out. That sounds like that's a big one, two. That's a one, two punch. Fuck you. I'm out. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it, so fuck you. Yeah, I'm out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> you know, some some people like to go to war. Like Oh yeah. And and, and they like to be right. Oh yeah. Even oh, yeah. If, even though when they're really, really wrong, mm-hmm. they like to be right. Yeah, I've fallen in that category before yeah. in my in my day. But it's it's like the war for me, I can't handle the war. And I think that's part of my childhood growing up around a lot of wars. You know, right. between parents and and um, step parents and and all family members, like my, it was like it was a constant battle. And someone was pissed off at somebody, and there was always a fight going on. And so right. it changed me as a man for many years. Growing into a man as a boy, I just avoided it yep. at, at all right. costs. Like if there was a war coming, it's like, all right, see ya. <laughs> it was just like, or I would just be like, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry. That's it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so it, it's, there's a, such a fine balance. You know, it's like when I think about how I talk to this guy over here, I'm as honest as fuck with you. I'll tell you anything I think on my mind all day, any day. If I think you're being a prick, I'm going to tell you I think you're being a prick. Usually. <laughs> but, but like the way I talk to you in an honest manner is not the way I'm going to talk to my wife right. in an honest manner. Right. And so, like you said, with our relationships, it's so tricky, yeah. you know? To, yeah. to, to find the balance, but you know, it's like him and I wouldn't be the friends we are if we weren't hundred percent honest with each yeah. other and it, communicated. I think the, another thing that's super tricky is, and I've run into this a lot 
let me rephrase that. I'm actually much more aware now of, um, I'm a very straightforward. If I'm going to have a conversation with someone, I'm very straightforward. I'm very blunt. I don't do the, okay, here's the carrot. And then I'm going to talk for fucking 10 minutes and then make my point. So you get my point. I'm just like, here's the bat. I'm going to hit you with it and then let's talk about it. I'm not going to like bring you into it. Okay. So, you know, you're doing really good on this and I really like this. And, but I'm just like, listen, like let's work on this, Mm -hmm. you know, and that is a, for a lot of people. And I'll say, especially in the Midwest, I think is hard. There's this Midwest. Nice. There's this insane passive aggressive thing here in the Midwest Mm -hmm. that is fucking almost an unintolerable and i i know it and i see it but the problem is is i'm having a conversation with someone and i i'm like dude i know what you're doing just get to the fucking point Mm -hmm. like enough with this bullshit passive aggressive stuff just let's get aggressive Mm -hmm. let's get in the cage (laughs) you know what i mean i'm I'm a way of communicator as well. It's yeah. direct. It's to the point. And I will tell you like as a management style. So I, you know, manage employees here that can get difficult. Like I'm not angry. I'm just going to tell you how it is for time efficiency. Yeah. Like I don't need to beat around the bush and do the little nice sandwich thing where I start with something nice. Then I hit the bad thing. Then I end with something nice. Like we could do that if it makes you feel better, but here's the real problem. I just need you to fix this one right. thing. Well, that's probably all, why all three of us are in this room. <laughs> we, we probably all have that same method. Well, I, I will say that I'm not as much to that method as you guys are. No, you're, no. you I, I you t- have word mazes. I, I do. I do. There's I, I We said it, I think it was last week we said, I'm, there are times when I'm guilty where I will pepper things with words trying to make it more digestible for the person I'm talking to. And, and there are times when I think there's a, what happens is, and I can see it happen in their face, and it's such a it's such a bad habit of mine. And I, I shouldn't say completely bad. I think there's a level of like, you can you cannot be come off as an asshole and just be direct. And I think if you're direct in a in an understanding way, you, you can be. I think people are like to your point where you're direct. To your point where you're direct. It's very respected among people you're communicating with. To your employees, they know who you are. There's no question at the beginning of the day, if they fuck up doing something, they know what they're going to get from you. With me sometimes, something I'm working on where if I'm talking to somebody and they fuck up, they might not know exactly how I'm going to approach it. You know, I might use a couple different ways of approaching it depending on who I'm talking to. So if I know someone's super sensitive, I'm going to approach them a little bit differently than I know someone who wants just to hear it direct. Right. You know, and so... But that direct line, I think that people who are more direct, whether they are less liked or more liked or not, could be in question, but they're respected more. And when it comes to an employer position, for sure, I think that respect is paramount. Yeah, cause it, yeah at the end of the day, it's like, I want you to like me, but I really don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Such a fucking asshole. I, do, I don't go home at night with the concern of, I hope so-and-so likes me. Mm-hmm. I go home with, okay, no issues, all is well. I'm going to focus on my family. Have you always been like that? No, I can't say I have. So what, um, this is fun. We're yeah. At, we're having right. like these 
we just fucking, this is what we do we, we just we dove di- in yeah we uh we usually start with a plan right and we hit that plan for five minutes and then we tangent section and then we sidetrack Perfect. and then we try and come back okay. but it doesn't usually no. work kyle, <laughs> kyle tries to come back he's yeah. so much better he's like do you remember 25 minutes ago when we were talking about this i'm like fuck that we, we don't need to talk about that anymore that conversation <laughs> so i think um if i can read what you're going to ask is what was what changed that yeah what triggered it because it, it that re- i i've i had that recently happened to me i think just time age and phys- literally the mental capacity like there's a weird epiphany moment where it's like I don't have the mental capacity to focus on this and I don't want to because it's a right. drag. Right. Like it's not worth my time. Right. It's not that I'm mean to you and that we're not friendly. Right. It's just at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Right. And, right. and so I don't know exactly what that trigger was other than the fact of I got better shit to worry about. And right. So okay. I worry about that other shit. Interesting. What was, um, so you triggered for you? Um, I was listening to a podcast so not this one. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, he hasn't listened to this one yet. As a matter of fact, <laughs> um, I'm gonna get fucking razz for that. Uh, yes, you are. So when I moved back to Baraboo, so we're gonna circle back here. Yeah, yeah. So when I moved back to Baraboo, I had a really hard time identifying with people here and communicating. Was that because of the whole Midwest nice thing? Part of it, and also just me. Okay. Um, and so when I moved back, my best friends were podcasts. So I would, my best friends literally were podcast. Okay. So I would just listen to podcast all the time. That's all I would do. That's how I identify. Cause I was like, I don't fucking identify with anybody here. I will pause for a second and say, but once I did start, um, my coffee business, and I kind of broke through the layer of, and it was my own judging and preconceived ideas of my childhood. Cause I did grow up here in Baraboo. I was here until I was uh, just turned 16 and then I moved or 15. Yeah. 15. Um, and so I came back. And so to me, it was still my own judgmental ideas of Walmart fucking John Deere mm. and hunting and just all that kind of shit um and i was fucking lived in la london tokyo blah 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 blah, and city boy so i came back here and my home so podcasts were just my thing because i was like i just i don't and I, i don't have kids i don't have a mortgage i don't have two cars i don't have a fucking tv i don't identify i'm sorry and um so anyways podcasts and I was listening to this podcast and this it was uh, Whitney Cummings, this comedian. Oh, I've heard her. She's funny. She's really, really funny. Um, I'm not so into her at the moment, but she did this thing with, um, it wasn't Joe Rogan. It's the other bald guy uh, that does the g- athletic greens and all that stuff. <laughs> I only know him. But, uh, I don't know. I think I got. I know, I, I know who you're talking about. I don't know his name. Yeah. Yeah. I I stopped listening to him because I just kind of overdosed on him. And then I came back and then I was like, ah, you not in anyway. anyway, she was talking about something really, really interesting that I identified with and I never understood it because I thought it was programmed and under a different kind of box, which was codependency. 
Oh yeah. And I was just, I never thought I was codependent because I'm like, I'm a free spirit. Fuck you. I'll go to mm. Vietnam. I don't give a fuck. I'm not codependent. And then I was listening to this podcast and I was like, holy fuck. I have these really interesting codependent behaviors and triggers through my mom and growing up with my mom who I won't, we can get into that later, but to get to the point, like, so I always had these, like this thing in my head. And then a friend of mine read some book about codependency and then he gave it to me. And I read that book. Um, I thought it was like last year. And it's one of those books where it just like the gears just and started moving. I was like, holy fuck. And it yeah. just kind of changed my whole thing and i'm like fuck if i would have known this like what do you know do you know the name of the book do you remember uh, i think it? it was like codependent no more or something like if you look up codependent author she's female i can't remember anything um she's very very famous in that codependent world and i think it's called codependent no more it's amazing super super great book um and it just changed my perspective on is that it right there yes okay um Thanks, Bill, for not fucking being here doing your goddamn job. <laughs> I had sitting there on my fucking phone, Bill. Yeah, so Someone Jason, just... side yeah. tangent. See that nice computer right there? Yeah. At that desk? Yeah. Wouldn't that be perfect for a person, Bill, Bill, Bill. <laughs> who wouldn't have a microphone but could just look shit up for us when we have questions? I would have to say I have 50 episodes on my podcast, but it's about music, and I have guests every once in a while and I have to go through and I edit everything and do all that stuff. And it's really time consuming and a fucking pain in the ass. You guys only have nine and you already have a bill. You should be happy. <laughs> no, we don't have a no, bill. We, we he don't doesn't have show a bill. Up. So the he, motherfucker, he we doesn't show up from day one. He slacks. He oh, should, he, he's never been here. Oh, he showed up one time. He showed up one time as, as a he guest. Want, he demanded a fucking microphone. Yeah, he's like, and I need he to demanded talk. to be part of something, and so we had to talk. And it was yeah. just he never looked a goddamn thing up. No, nope. hey, been, Bill, <laughs> <laughs> come on, man, tell Step up. get with the I'm telling program. you, right? It's like I wouldn't have to sit around my phone. I could be a bigger part of this conversation. So, <laughs> fuck. So codependent no more. So yes. what? what like, what was the actual takeaway? That's what I'm trying to understand. The takeaway was how to identify. And like, I had a huge, uh, what I call Jesus complex okay. where I wanted to help people. Oh. I, I can help you. Fuck me. I got my issues, sure. but I'm not going to help me, but I can help you. So you backburnered you. Yes. Well, that's but, the easiest way to do it because yeah. you don't have to focus on your own shit. Exactly. Yeah. Let me help you. I can make your life better, but it will also feed my ego okay. because I am helping you. But I mean, the main thing isn't, I shouldn't say feed your ego because you, you want to help people, but it is a distraction from working on yourself and doing shit for you. It's like this thing, but then it's, it's a weird combination of, of, and I, I don't mean to take over. I'm just going to no worries. So, um, what I see in that situation, because of, well, I think a lot of people that want to help other people are people that are broken. Right. You know, and yeah. so there's a piece of being broken that you know what it feels like to be in the shoes of that other person. Yes. And there's so much validity in that to extend yourself to helping people. Right. But it can get to where you said the Jesus complex where you backburner everything that's part of that you need to right. work on and you're just working on them. Yeah. In the perfect world, 
you're working on yourself through the whole process yeah. as well. Yeah, with a, a little give and take. Right. And so my biggest issue for a long time is with this Jesus complex. I would help people and think, oh, this also will help me because I will feel good because mm-hmm. I'm helping this person. Maybe I'll learn something. Someone will appreciate me because I'm helping them. But then you end up getting burnt by these people, but mainly because of the preconceived ideas in your head, like, Hey, I helped this person. They should have done X, Y, and Z Mm. and they burned me. Well, fuck them. Right. You know what I mean? But that's the ego. Yeah, exactly. But then there are certain patterns that you see and you're like, well, I just got to get off the cross. No Mm. more of this Jesus shit. And I'm just going to get off the cross and not intentionally say, hey, that person is in this situation. Let me help them and bring them up in a ego-centric sort of way. Right, but right. now if I have a friend and they need something, I'm, I'm happy to help them, but there's boundaries. Right. You know that you can only give so much. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to just surrender myself, but also you know, we all play these games, whether we like it or not, hoping that there's this thing reciprocated. And if they don't deliver, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And I just would get super upset. Yeah. It, it's a, we- it's, it's a hard thing to find a true reason to help someone without an expectation in return. Yeah. Like, well, you got to come from a special place. You do. And it, and, yeah. and, and like I look at these people who, you know, post YouTube videos of them feeding all these homeless oh, people. Man, like, that makes me vomit, man. You're I only that doing shit. that because you're gonna fucking make a video. Yeah. Don't don't you wanna take be a video real? Of it. No. Yeah. You wanna be real? Then just go do it. Yeah. Don't tell yeah. anybody about it. Yeah. Then you actually did something. Right. Yeah. There was a guy during Katrina, he would go around and he'd put up these big fucking soup kitchens, mobile soup kitchen. He was a chef and he shut everything down. He didn't fucking start his own website making his own YouTube website to, to promote what he was doing for these people. Like people started talking about him. He didn't give a fuck about being seen. He just wanted to help people. Right. It's like I, those videos make me want to, God, it makes me sick. I hope Jason never made, you never made a video like that. Have you? We're calling out on uh, this shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm trying to think like, say hypothetically, let's go kind of circle back, like with the skate park. Yeah. So we're raising money for the skate park selling coffee. Mm -hmm. Funny enough, like I was like, I should do a video so I can help sell more coffee to raise more money. Um, But there, there, there is a part in there though, like, hey, I'm, I'm raising money for the skate park for the kids, but also putting myself in it makes it feel like. Hey, look at me! I'm trying to do something. Yeah, cool. but that's. I think that's part of that's part of. You're you're using marketing to raise awareness, correct? To to help somebody else, right? You're not raising. You're not using marketing to raise awareness of how fucking cool of a guy you are. Well, I don't need to do that. You know exactly because yeah, you're fucking number nine, baby. <laughs> World famous. Yeah, and I, and at the same token, I think there's an expectation or an understanding, like on a business level. Yeah, like of a business. Okay, I work at the Boys and Girls Club. If a business donates to the Boys and Girls Club for, let's mm-hmm. say, our gala, yes, they're doing it because it's going to help us raise money, but at the same time, they're looking for 
a little thing saying donated by, yeah, right. or if it's a gift mm-hmm. certificate, yeah. they're expecting those people to come pay. Yep. It's a business marketing tool. It's a win-win. And yep. when it's a win-win like that, it's just different than ego driven. Like nobody's coming out on top. Right. And you're not, you're not the person making the video. You're not Jason. You're not trying to feed, pump yourself up to make you look so much better right. as a man. Right. You're trying to make this whole uh, uh, um, project yeah. right. grow right. You in know? addition, yeah, you're 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 doing something you're passionate about while feeding a business. Yeah. When I see people feed homeless people, there's no like, there's not a drive like, oh my god, this is such a problem. They see it as an opportunity to yeah, make a video. They're getting some more um, like, followers. There's on a Instagram huge difference there. There's a huge right. difference there. Yeah. Right. Do you guys remember those videos back in the day where, like, the people would? It was like this really long video. They're feeding children in Africa for for twelve yep. cents a day. Yep. Those things were fucking heartbreaking, man. Yeah. Like I remember sitting there and my grandmother be watching TV, and it's like so fucking sad. Oh yeah. Jesus. But then, as you get older, and then you realize what happens with all that money is super fucked up. Well. That's, super fucked that's, up. That's the thing. You what know, is it's it like, like? Donate a dollar a day and only thirty cents of that dollar. Not even does thirty something? cents. No. Uh, when I was in Cambodia, there was a guy. He was probably the richest guy in town. Was um, from the Red Cross. Yeah, and he was a total fucking drug addict, party guy. All of his money was supposed to be hypothetically used to mm. um, go to these communities and help this stuff, but maybe five cents out of the dollar would go to that. And the rest of it, dude, that oh, guy had a yeah. fucking rad house. He had a cool, like those um, Land Rover discoveries and oh, just, yeah. it was like, dude, if you wanted to be like the badass, like, yeah, I'm going to Southeast Asia and fucking, you know, sort of the magazine spread of cool. This guy was it. Hmm. Well, he was so he was the OG version of these guys feeding homeless people. Yeah, yeah. you know, he's like, I'm giving a homeless guy a, a pizza, you know, but but I'm getting I'm getting a new sponsor and I'm making another thousand dollars a month or whatever yeah. off of this off of these new sponsors. Yeah, it's I just I it was like abusing the the downtrodden right yeah to, to for personal gain. It's yeah. like. I'm going to give you a steak dinner and he's going to give away one of the French fries. Right. He's yeah. like, I'm, I'm giving everyone a pizza, but it's a slice of pizza and I'm throwing it at them while I drive by in yeah. my Range Rover. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then eat the rest of the pizza. Yeah, like, like a fucking parade with Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> oh my God. Hey. What? You've been to the... You're from around here. You've been like yeah. Whitwin or something where... Oh uh, yeah, dude. Oh. Whitwin's fucking awesome. But it's like, like fucking shrapnel. <laughs> I'll call them out like Hoshiders. They have the the siding and then they have the gutters and yeah. they just sit there and plunge down fucking bags yeah. of Tootsie Rolls. Dude, that's Wisconsin, man. Welcome to it. You got to so, get yeah. an umbrella to little protect yourself. Like, so my son, when he turned three, he had this big birthday party. And uh, my ex-wife, <laughs> we're, we're like, we always get candy shit. We say all, all these kids, like it was, uh, we had a group of maybe 10 families that were all friends. And so everybody came to everybody's kid's birthday party, right? So we had a two-story house, and she's like, I know what I'll do. She's like, I'll get up on the second-story balcony, and I'll just start throwing candy out. 
So you know the dumb dumb suckers. Yeah, yeah. They were like fucking missiles yeah. coming down. <laughs> People are running for cover because they're like bam 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 hitting you in the fucking head and eye. And these kids are like mommy. It was so fucking crazy. And it was like it's like uh, what was the um, WKRP in Cincinnati yeah. when they did the yeah. turkey drop? Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. god, man. They come in fucking Les Nesman's limping yeah. on one leg and he's got his yeah. Term, I know. I get loud. He has yeah. always got to adjust so my I, shit. I, I do when I laugh. Sorry. I'll oh yeah. That's crazy. Greatest episode in, in WKRP history. But yeah, we had our own little version of it. It's like a candy band. They're bullets sometimes. Now they don't hardly do it, though. They don't throw it. A lot candy. of parades won't let you throw it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they to, drop it. You have to walk on the side and drop it. Yeah. 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 When I was at Whitwin, I went to Whitwin, um, and I saw that. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, it's kind of weird and creepy. Yeah. They just kind of come over and just drop candy. Yeah, don't make eye contact. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, okay, it's, where's it's the weird. van? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's, it is, it's, it's an odd thing. How odd is it for the people doing it too? Yeah. You know, because it's like, they, they want to throw candy. Oh, yeah. Fuck well, yeah. Who doesn't want to throw candy? But, but the thing with, Small parades like that, you know, ninety percent of the people in the parade, so they're just looking for people they know, and then suddenly here's a bucket full of candy. Oh, right. Like, right. I know exactly. you, yeah. wink, wink, mm-hmm. <sighs> dude. If I was one of those guys throwing candy to kids, you'd ha- I'd have to have a, a pickup truck bed full of candy. I'd I'd see a pile oh, yeah. of kids, I'd be just, whipping it, bam, 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 just chucking it as fast <laughs> as I could. Just just fast balls it would be, Mike. Oh man. Well, so when my kids were little, and we like the the circus parade, the Whitman parade, any kind of parade we had. We'd always go down with a huge, like a, either a pillowcase, like for a Halloween kind of thing, or a, right. or a plastic yeah. bag. Mm-hmm. They would come home with pounds and yeah. pounds yeah. of candy, and it was like it was a fight to the death between my two boys at times. Who was going to get that last jawbreaker sitting in the middle of the pavement? He'd run up and elbow him and grab it because it was it was on. It was pretty serious, you know. Then and, they'd go home and and they harder. used to do uh, like real candy bars. Oh yeah, you remember oh, like wow. not those little tiny things that they oh. have now that's you mean like the, an inch the, by the real miniature not the not the little tiny yeah i know what you're talking about yeah but not full size though well they would do like a there would be like maybe one truck or one like convertible cadillac guy who was like owned the car dealership Dude, or where something. was this i want no, to here, go to this parade here in bear really like, i remember at a circus parade when i was a kid on 8th street and there was one car that had like snickers bars and this is when oh my god um, but this is when candy bars were like a quarter right you know what i mean how old are you (laughs) (laughs) um but candy bars were a quarter dude like i went it's very rare that i eat candy like candy bars or any of that Mm. kind of stuff and i and it was like a buck something oh it's and i was like i'm good yeah i I'm sorry. I'm not paying a dollar something for a Snickers. So my old ass body can't handle a whole candy bar anymore. Right? Last time I ate a whole bag of peanut M and M's, I was sick for like an hour. Dude, it fucks up your stomach. It does. It's like it's <laughs> it's like it's. I, I feel makes me feel old. It's like I used yeah. to pound like a, a two pound bag yeah. of these things, and it's like now I can't handle a, a little. Yeah, just like, yeah. You gotta start eating the dad treats. You, dad treats as a dad treat as an adult. When you want to sweet something sweet, like me, I grab a bag of cereal. Uh, oh. see, I, I, I do like dates. I eat a dates, lot of dates, right. a lot of dates, a lot of, uh, like almonds and uh, yeah. dried cranberries, a lot I, of that kind of stuff. I'll grab, nope. Cereal's my late night snack. Well, and see, it's not that's even a like, treat for me. Like cereals is like, a yeah. well, that's what treat. I mean, but it's not even like, 
sweet cereal. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's just like, I don't know, honey bunches of oats. Like, well, it's, fuck got yeah. a, <laughs> it's got a real like low level of sweet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's nice. I, yeah. I, 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 I like that too. I don't do cereal, but I know what you mean. It's like, there's something about even a date. It's got a low level sweet. It, yeah. It's something you can chew on, you know, you don't feel bad about it. Yeah. You know, it's uh, and yeah. just for the record, just so I'm not a total fucking hippie. I will kill <laughs> a bag of uh, cinnamon toast crunch. Oh, there you oh, go. Yeah. In yeah, like yeah, one yeah. sitting, like once a year. Well, you have to. I will get like. Just get like a fucking ice cream pail emptied out and just. <clears throat> no, I just straight out of the bag, dude. Oh, I, there you I don't go. have time to move it. <laughs> <laughs> I just fucking take the bag out of the box and just start pounding dry. it. No dry? Yeah. Dry. Oh. Oh, yeah. he's fucking. Man. He's a savage. <laughs> that a is fucking savage. savage well, I've been bro. waiting a whole year. <laughs> So ironically, we have cereal in our house, but no one eats it for breakfast. It's literally just there for me to Snacks. eat at night. Really? Yeah. It's, Kyle's, it's Kyle's snack time. Multi-grain Cheerios and honey okay. bunches of oats. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> but even it, take multi-grain Cheerios, they got that little, you can see the sugar. Oh, yeah, you yeah, can there's see a it. Little, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a little coat of sugar on Absolutely. there. It's I'm like not li- saying it's good. It's just a little yeah. dusting a crack on top yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, ooh, I yeah. gotta have some more. Yeah, just yeah. keep yeah. It coming back. See, we do like cashews, almonds, um, I, I got really for a while like I really love um, like dried meats mm. like hard salamis yeah. prosciutto like yeah. that's super my jam. Mm. We'll sit down and just get a nice nice dried salami or some prosciutto yeah. and I need some homemade jerky. That's what I need. Oh my god, Fuck. homemade jerky, so good. So yeah, uh, you guys notice the uh, crack dealers are back on the corners nowadays. Have you seen any yet? What? Huh? Girl Scout cookies, bro. Oh, oh Jesus. Oh the thin mints. <laughs> what the fuck you talking Fuck about? man. We're Girl Scout cookie time. Can it's I? Like, yeah, yes, sir. Well, no, go ahead. But go ahead. But let me cut you off. How Midwestern <laughs> was that, dude? Before you start your story, have you seen the the meme where it's like how to dissect Midwest answers, and it's like, yeah, no means no, no, yeah, yeah, oh, means so yeah, good. yeah, yeah, no, maybe, <laughs> yeah, ope, oh, yeah. all of it. Yeah, there's all of them. No, it's. When we were, Steph and I were going to, we, we took a little trip to Mount Horeb last weekend, two weekends ago. Fuck, I don't remember. And we're driving through Sauk. Girl Scout cookies are different. Now, you can't go door to door because of the vid, but they give that up a while ago. Yeah. The whole door to door thing. I think yeah. moms got smart. They're like, you know, when kids got smart, let's set up a table in the middle of the park. Yep. And they will, they will come to us. Yeah. So this lady was on, on 12 going through Sauk City right there by the old Harley dealership. There's that big park yep. there. Yep. She's got a sign. Girl Scout cookie drive through. It's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. I was in the other lane and there was a car next to me, and I'm like, mm, hit the gas, <laughs> whipped around them, made it around the corner, and there's a big 10 people standing there waiting in line for the Girl Scout cookies. Some fucking dude stepped in front of the line in front of me. Oof. I was like, he was, he was, he was old. Mm-hmm. And I'm and Stephanie's like, what the fuck is up with that? And I'm like, ah, oh, he's old. She's like, fuck that. <laughs> She's hardcore. But we got our Girl Scout cookies, and it's like, okay, so in my mind, I'm like you, the once-a-year guy, right? You get one box of Girl Scout cookies, I'm yep. going to pound them. Yep. Like, they got to be gone. They were gone before you got over the bridge in sock. The trouble was they weren't, because <laughs> I bought them, and I wasn't hungry yet. So uh, they stayed in her car. So we, I had, like, two after we had a nice meal, stayed in her car that night, Everybody went to bed. I'm like, oh, the motherfucker's yeah. out in the car. And they're going to be cold. I went out. Oh, yeah. Frozen Thin Mints, man. <laughs> so I took a whole sleeve of Thin Mints. I just crushed them. It was amazing. And then the next time I went out to her car, they were gone. 
And I was yep. like, hey, uh, what's the, where's the, uh, you know, the stuff? <laughs> She's like, uh, I don't know. She's like, I don't know. Where was the other one? There was only one. <laughs> no, you gotta, you gotta divvy that shit up. Be clear in the set, in the get-go. Thin mints, Sam and I, we each get one sleeve. You better mark that fucking sleeve. Really? And don't touch my sleeve oh, and I man. don't touch yours. Dude, that, so, that's awesome. A, that's that is so awesome, awesome that like thin mints is the thing. Oh, frozen so, thin mints. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. A, frozen stay in the thin freezer. mints. Yep. So have you noticed that thin mints have changed in the last, because my grandparents would get uh, thin mints. They'd put them in the freezer, but the inside, the wafer thing, was always vanilla. Yeah. And now it's chocolate. And so I have noticed when I, I moved I back to Wisconsin, cause it's hard to find girl scouts out in like LA or something. Mm-hmm. But then I was reading this story about how girl scouts are, they are like you're saying super smart. And now they're actually right in front of the dispensary. Oh yeah. They're posting up. Yeah. So you go and you get your weed and then you buy a box mm-hmm. and, um, or 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, but I've noticed that the Girl Scout cookies, the flavor has changed and it's not as minty, as minty or as good yeah. as it was. It, the, the contrast in flavor isn't there. You got to have the balance. Yeah. And you it's, have a different, the balance. it's a different balance. And yeah. like everything, they've gotten, I think, thinner actually and the sleeves smaller. Yeah. So you get less for what you pay for, but you pay for more. Well, here's the thing. Well, <laughs> I was fully expecting to spend five bucks a box when we stopped. Yeah, isn't that what they are? They're not. They're still four. Oh. They've been four bucks a box for a long time. Huh. I'm trying to think how it's been a long time since I remember them not being $4 a box. They were $3 a box, but that was like, I want to say I was probably in college when I remember them being $3 a box. Yeah, because when I was a kid, they were two bucks. Yeah. And so four bucks a box, you talk about inflation with the price of everything else. That's super smart. Yeah. Even if they change the size a little bit. You still, people know it's four bucks a box. That's yeah. just genius, I thought it, I thought it increased. Uh-uh, it's yeah. still four bucks. It's like, they're going to sell the shit out of those at four bucks a box. Yeah. You know? And the funny thing is, is like, I've got another buddy of mine um, that we, we've become really good friends in the last year. And I love as an adult where you get new friends that you were like, I'm going to know this dude for the rest of my mm, life. Yeah, yeah. And we had a similar conversation about just pounding a sleeve. Cause you just, you can't eat one. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> and so you'll pound a sleeve and he's, um, so he rides, uh, he's got one of those Nordic track, kind of like a Peloton. Oh, sure. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he rides and then I've got my bike at home, but we'll talk about how, will pound a sleeve, but then you've got to do like an extra 10 miles oh, yeah, or a gotta, half an hour. You got to earn it. Yep, you got to earn absolutely. the sleeve, baby. You know, you know, it's bad when you know the calorie count in a sleeve instead of just like a couple. Yeah. I, and it's bad when we have to refer to a sitting as a sleeve. Like, we all know what that means. You're going to pound a sleeve. I yeah. No, no, I, I, I don't like even, it, is that, I don't even taste the first five fucking cookies, man. Yeah, no, like, man. That's just, just like, <laughs> the crumbs are like down my chest and on my pants. I'm like, oh, yeah. When I get to the bottom of the sleeve, then it's like, oh, man, I got better break this yeah. into like six fucking pieces because so, this is my last one. It's got to last. Is, is that the street quantity? A sleeve? A oh, sleeve. yeah. That's like, yeah. hey, what you looking for? I need about three sleeves. Yeah. Right, yeah. You got it, man. <laughs> Dude, that's some shit right there. That's that's actually really fun. I have like these shady, like fucking dudes coming up. Like, fuck. 
Coming back, up to back. these little girls. Get a sleeve. I need a sleeve. I need a sleeve. <laughs> no, not little girls. You oh, can't sorry. It's don't. Girl Scouts. Sorry. Yeah, I, no, it goes sh- to his buddy. Yeah, yeah. The shady dude with the backpack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, don't. Hey, little girl. <laughs> so, okay. How many sleeves do you want? <laughs> so clearly we all like thin mints. Do you eat any other kind? Uh, the caramel lights. Yeah. Caramel lights are like, they're, they're a close second for me behind the thin mints. But I savor the caramel delights more than I do the thin mints because they're so much more rich and they're chewy. I just love it. I love mm. it. I'm a fit, straight up dedicated thin mints yeah. guy. I will not veer. I've tried where I'm like, <laughs> I've tried. I consciously made a decision where I'm like, dude, there's other Girl Scout cookies yeah. besides thin mints. But there's not. Yeah. And you dabble and you're just like, is that the best seller? I uh, would imagine. I would. I, there's a statistic. Fucking Bill. Fuck. Hey, Bill. Hey, Bill. Uh, I'm not sure what you're doing, <laughs> but I got up this morning and drove a half an he hour did. to get here. So I'm not sure where you are, Bill. <laughs> Across the street. But what? <laughs> no, don't worry. <laughs> He's Sorry, Bill. I'm just Bill. giving you shit. I don't know. That's, so, a, that's an interesting question because there's people who are so diehard and they're the weird? There's the weird coconut ones. That's, that's the... That's now caramel, caramel delight. delight right? Okay. Okay. They, they, they change Samoa's. Yeah, I was gonna say Samoa's. the name changed on that. Yeah, uh, it used to be Samoa's. Now it's caramel delights. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh. He's got it. Let's see, uh, top selling cookie. Mm-hmm. Thin mints. Yeah. Yeah. Followed by caramel delights. Okay. Samoa's. Second or third, sorry, is peanut butter patties. Okay. Ugh. Yeah. I don't like those. Yeah, those are nasty. I, 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 I somehow I knew they were there because people have told me their favorites are peanut butter patties. Yeah. I don't like them. Yeah. And maybe because I grew up eating Reese's peanut butter cups mm-hmm. and they're so much better than peanut mm-hmm. butter patties. Yeah. Did you guys know like I I heard about this in high school econ. The peanut butter and Reese's peanut butter cups the reason it flavors the way it is, they said was because they they do something it gets it to a point where it's near rancid. Like it, it's almost rancid yep. peanut butter, yep. and that's what they put in the cup to give it that very distinct flavor. Really? Yeah. Have you seen the videos of the worms that are in there? What? Oh, dude, you got to check. Like I used to fucking kill Reese's peanut butter cups, mm-hmm. and there's these videos that have been coming out, and there's these weird worms that are in um, the in the peanut butter in the Reese's peanut butter cups, and my <clears throat> so and it brought back this weird memory when i was a kid my mom had this protein powder there was my dad was living in california lived in california and there was this weird like pyramid scheme thing in the 80s with this weird like protein powders and this weird system of like supplements and all this shit so was he, it melaleuca uh, i don't think so i okay. think it started with an n or something and he um sent my mom some of this protein powder, but there wasn't any alcohol in it, so she wouldn't use it. (laughs) And um, so it just sat. And one time I was like, oh, maybe I'll I'll put this in milk and I'll make a smoothie or something. And I went and I I scooped it out. And there there was all these fucking crazy ass, like little tiny, like iridescent, like white little tiny, tiny worms that look like kind of like long rice. And that's the same things that are in this Reese's peanut butter cup. So mm. I will not touch no a Reese's peanut butter cup now. Like a Twix, if I'm going to like be like. Oh, Twix bars are soft. Yeah. If I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm going to fall off. It's a Twix bar. So Interesting. I'll, <laughs> I'll fall off for a whatchamacallit. 
Ah. Back in the day, that was because it has the nougat, it yeah. has the caramel, it has the the, the wafer, yeah, the chocolate on it. It's a solid bar. They fucked it up, and I haven't had one in years because they went and took it. A, everything is fucking supersized now. Every It's yeah. a king size. You can't, I, when I go to the store, I have a hard time. You can't find a regular size candy bar. It's so strange. And they, they like, instead of doing an equal representation of all parts like they did with the small <laughs> one, motherfuckers just increased the nugget. The, the, and it was yeah. like it tastes like shit now it's yeah. like it's such a disappointment i had one it's like i can't it's i have a hard time now I it's really back. like those candy bars were kind of like the highfalutin uppity candy bars the whatchamacallit yeah. was no shit yeah. oh damn i was a highfalutin uppity kid yeah that was like i just remember <laughs> like if you were like if your jam was like snickers or something like that and someone had a whatchamacallit just be like oh i see <laughs> that is so oh, yes. fucking awesome. I see how it is. I, I have never <laughs> traded shade over a candy bar before, but I, it's like that's that's right. some shit right there, man. So you, you live on the hill, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I live by the trailer park, man. <laughs> I've never heard that about a watchman I haven't either. My grandpa used to give us all the time fucking salted nut rolls. Oh yeah, the, the just, red ones from Farm and Fleet. Yeah, and I just eat the peanuts <laughs> off until yeah. I had this long. You sick fuck strip you did of not. the. I did. Oh, that's and so just, disgusting. Yeah. Eat that middle? Oh, you did eat the middle, though. You yeah. didn't, like, leave the middle. Oh, no. Oh, I was like, you see, you got people who, like, take the Oreo and then break it open and eat the inside and then leave the outside. Uh, yeah, yeah my little like kid that. does that. Does he? Yeah. What's a kid? He gets away with it. He's three. You take an Oreo, you take, like, two double stuffed Oreos, and you just take the two cream sides, and you get, like, a quadruple oh, stuffed yeah. Oreo. Oh, dude, that's just, like, just that give me fucking a big. stomach ache. Just... <laughs> hearing that so my, my stepson used to have he's well he still does he has a he, obsession with oreos so every time my wife would go to the store she'd buy a, like a family size bag of oreos and i would go into the pantry for we have a lot of all of our foods in there and like just for fun i would just crack it open to see how many he's eaten and like it would be there for six hours and, and a whole fucking sleeve whole or row, yeah, a whole row yeah. is gone it's like holy shit that's yeah. so much sugar mm -hmm. and then about nine o'clock at night, I'm like, eh, I'll have a couple. And I would, I would keep it to two, but it got to a point where it's like, I just fucking hated myself when I would eat them. So then I just like, okay, I don't want any more Oreos in the house. So we had a hard time with that though. Cause his birthday, he got like 12 bags of Oreos for his wow. birthday. Yeah. Right. It was wild, but it made him kind of sick of them too. So that was pretty sweet. <laughs> it's like, he doesn't miss them as much anymore. After he had the, he OD'd, he had an Oreo cake. He had like 12 bags of Oreos. Like he had Jeez. so many. That, that we had bought him one and we didn't even give it to him because he had so many from family because it was really? like a it was like a, a gag it's a thing. it was like a birthday gag yeah, it's like a thing. everything he wanted was Oreo so he got a, a coffee or a hot chocolate yeah. mug with Oreo he got Oreo ice cream cake he got Oreo everything see but wow. there's there's something and this will go into an interesting kind of like old man conversation <clears throat> I love it so my grandfather his thing was um Oh, shit, I just damn it. Uh, you're talking about Oreos, no, and they're the overdoing little, it on the birthdays. no, the little cheese crackers, cheese. Oh, yeah, is it cheese? Oh, yeah. The little cheeses, like the ones with they're just a square cracker, yeah, just, just a square cheese. one yeah. with yeah. the yeah. little cheeses. Okay. Yeah, those things are so good, man. Yeah, like that was his thing, and I was like, can't be called cheese. It's, it's that's too simple. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it must be more complicated. Damn than advertising, this. <laughs> who marketed yeah. this shit? Um, so his thing was cheese. It's 
you know, and he, when he, uh, on his birthdays, we just give him Cheez-Its. And then they came out with all these different flavored Cheez-Its. Oh, fuck. And like, you know, what are you going to get someone in their 90s who's done it all, seen it all? They have everything fu- they yeah, could ever want. fucking Cheez-Its. Yeah. He just wants Cheez-Its. So as I'm getting older, I'm like, fuck, man, I need my thing. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a thing yet. Well, I'm trying. So I'm trying to get into uh, red licorice. And so I've been going through and like testing like between Twizzlers, Red Vines, uh, Piggly Wiggly has their own that's made by Badger. And so I'm going through and then there's this Australian company, uh, Wallaby. Yeah, Wallaby. Yeah. And so my I'm like trying to pick up on this like. So I have a question for you. Is it as legit as if you're if you're trying to create your thing, not at all, no, uh, not at all. Like, okay. I, not not at all. I just I'm like I want to be the old guy that mm-hmm. has this thing. Like my grandfather just had Cheez Its, and I was like, if Shawnee's kids ever have kids, and I'm a odd, weird associate grandparent in a way because I'm with Shawnee. I want to be the old guy where they just don't have to. They're like, oh, we'll just get the old weird guy some, some licorice. <laughs> hey, Papa. Yeah, just throw some licorice at him. He'll be happy. There you go. That's and what you're known for. Did you have a love of licorice before you started the licorice endeavor? Not at all. Oh, okay. I just oh. wanted a thing. You just okay. chose licorice. Just chose yeah, because I was like, okay. licorice will be easy. It's yeah. classic. It's everywhere. And so potentially your thing might be going deep dives into new things well the thing is is like i overdosed on licorice just <laughs> trying course. to figure out <laughs> yeah. which one is the best well which one's the best then uh piggly wiggly oh interesting. piggly wiggly red is it red rope uh what is it it's just they have their it's a piggly wiggly branded. it's a piggly wiggly branded licorice what's it look like though what's the, it, what's it the looks form? like um like a red vine okay uh, like a Twizzler, like it's got the yep. twisties on it. Yep. Okay. And that's the interesting thing where like, if you took a red vine and the Twizzlers and you brought them together because one's hollow. So when right. I was a kid it's a straw, baby. and we, yeah, we go to the Al Ringling and they had that weird soda machine where you'd get the soda in the cup and then you'd get, um, I can't remember if it's red vines or Twizzlers, whichever one, and you'd bite the ends off and then use it as a straw and then it would get hard and then you could chew on it. And I was, but dude, they taste horrible. Yeah, that's yeah. They taste horrible. They're not. They're not that good. Yeah. Really so I not. wanted a thing. And I'm not it's, a licorice guy. Yeah. Well, that's the 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 Twizzler Red Twizzlers. Mm-hmm. It's my go to gas station food for for road trips because they don't taste so good that I'm going to crush a whole bag. Right. But they're chewy. Yeah. And they've got a little bit of that that kid memory in yep. me still. So it's a really good one. So I'm not going to get sick on them. But it's something like a gnawn while I'm driving. It's like it's uh, try to find a balance. Of, because like if I get a bag of Gardettos, you know, like you is, know Gardettos is, are is that that uh, like a mix thing? It's a yeah. mix, or yep. they're like crispy oh, yeah. little things yeah. in the wafers, dude. Yeah, I'm. I don't even make it out of Baraboo. Well, and plus, that you bag get all the shit on your hands. and yeah, on your steering wheel. It's a fucking. Yeah, mess. you got to crush it. You got to get it out of the way. <laughs> Twizzlers quick. are clean. They yeah, are they're, clean. yeah. They're, they're clean, easy to chew on. What's it like go to road food? Uh, I'd have to say probably beef jerky. Mm. Mm. That's is always That's solid one. you set yeah. this stuff on your hands depending on what you get but yeah. yeah it's it feels good to eat it yeah you feel bad eating it yeah my problem is is i just i have a just i don't want to say a, addiction but 
I get into something and I will eat a whole bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'm just fucking human, man. Yeah. Like uh, you, you put a bag of fucking beef jerky in front. I'm eating the whole fucking yeah, bag. Yeah, it doesn't Absolutely. last. <laughs> no, <laughs> beef jerky is one of those things that does not last at all. Yeah. No, no, uh uh-uh. uh. So if it's a short road trip, I can go with jerky. Like I'd even go with that nasty shredded stuff because I just like to suck on it. Oh, the jerky it. snuff! Yeah. Oh, dude, that oh, stuff so like that's and, disgusting, <laughs> but it's great. Do a lipper? I, yeah. Oh, I every dude, time like, I have I no desire to chew, but yeah. fuck yeah, man! I'll put yeah, that jerky in my mouth. Did you pop the can? Did you ever do that? Oh, when I was a kid, I'd walk because all my buddies, like in high school, they started getting into that um, wintergreen. What's that? Skull, skull wintergreen, yeah. and they'd have cans of chew oh, and i yeah. didn't want to do that so i just go to fuck with them i just go grab a can of jerky yeah. snuff pop and the can throw it in my back pocket get a nice jerky snuff ring and then when you're done with it you poke holes in it and that's your wax worm container for when you go fishing <laughs> yeah nice. fuck that's, yeah. that's wisconsin but no if it's a long trip i'll go uh some sunflower seeds I can't do I'll sunflowers because they're just spitting on them. So yeah, I gotta have a bottle or a can yeah, yeah. so I can spit it so in here's it. the thing with sunflower seeds so you spit the seed you don't eat the whole thing no Oh, interesting. See, I eat the whole thing. The husk and oh, all. Really? Oh, yeah, dude, so good. And then I figure when that's going through my intestines, it's just say, like just pushing and pulling and it's shredding the walls of your colon. Yeah, just scraping it all that up. shit I'll up. I'll throw a fucking fistful in my mouth and it'll be in one cheek. And then I'll purposely with my tongue move one over to the other side of my mouth, bite it, eat that one seed, spit it. See, that's and a lot of energy, dude. Do the well, whole process. That's a lot of it's, energy. It's an energy. And like for me, I tried that and it got all. Like all that sitting in there for like fifteen minutes. Oh no, you got to dry. Does your it get out, raw? Man. It's it, it gets raw and it's super salty, and then and then it's like then they get kind of soggy after a while because you're Ugh. sucking on them, and yeah. I can't do it. Did you do that in sports though? Was that what brought that to you? No, or, no, just no. you just started doing it. So how about this? Uh, on this kind of going down the emotional uh, memory hole of food, Captain Crunch. Yeah. So oh, dude, I would love Jesus. Captain Crunch, and as an adult. Because we, my mom would never buy that kind of cereal. Not because it was unhealthy; it was expensive. Mm-hmm. So we'd get the fucking like ten pound bag mm-hmm. of oh, the bag cereal. Of, oh yeah, uh, sugar coated, just Whatever leftover there. flour. Yeah. You know what I mean. Every kid's parent <laughs> should buy them the bag cereal for a little while, so they know. Right, they, they just gotta stuff. fucking yeah. know. You know, so you you better appreciate that yeah. fucking cinnamon toast, toast crunch, bitch. Here's the knockoff cinnamon toast crunch. It tastes nothing like the real shit, <laughs> but they claim yeah. it. Does. But it's a dollar cheaper, and you got to go through the whole bag. Cinnamon toast crunch, make. man. Then when they added the berries into it, oh fuck, yeah. crunch berries, crunch berries. Yeah, is that cinnamon toast crunch? Or not, that, that I'm, I'm Captain sorry, crunch. Captain Crunch, Captain, Captain Crunch with berries. Yeah. So have you had Captain Crunch as an adult? Yeah, and yes. it destroys your mouth. Oh, dude, it tears it up. Yep. It's yeah. when you're a kid. When I was a kid, too, it's like, yeah. I didn't remember it tearing the shit out of my mouth when I was a kid, but as an adult, I was like, my fucking jaw hurts. <laughs> oh, the roof of my mouth always yeah. hurts. Yeah, it'll it'll sh- it'll shred the roof of your mouth for sure. But I think as kids, we don't care. No, like there's true. no awareness. Like when yeah. I was a kid, my awareness level was way low. Like yeah. I I was aware of nothing when it came to that. It was good. I was eating it. I was probably watching Alf on TV. Or nice. the Simpsons yeah. or some shit, and it was just like I didn't care. Yeah. Or maybe your spoonfuls as adults are just so much larger. There's more stuff there. Do you guys use go a fucking for the soup spoon? <laughs> a big soup spoon for you guys, oh, yeah. oh yeah, I I, I fucking <laughs> hate eating with those little bitch ass spoons. If I'm getting soup or, or ice cream or cereal, yeah. it's a soup spoon. Every well, time. I use like the the Asian soup spoon, so it's bigger, it's more rounded, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, and yeah, you yeah, can yeah. scoop more in there. I like, use a fucking. Like I'll just use a ladle. <laughs> a fucking ladle. Just tip it back. You're like the cookie in I'm those, kidding, in those uh, army camps. You just suck it right out of the ladle. That's Kyle. I could see that. 
big heaping spoonfuls. Yeah, just dripping down your chin all over your shirt. It's <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah, it's like, guys, what? Uh, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back? Yeah, everyone, good. Perfect timing. Yeah, I get it. All right, right on. Yeah, right back. Yeah, check your phones. Check do your phones. Thing. Yeah. So okay. Are we all clear? How many messages do we have? And nobody's dead. No broken legs. I answered four actually uh, when we were talking. Sorry. I answered one when we were talking. That was, you know, there's there's a thing for me, and I found this out really quickly that if my wife calls me or texts me, I should answer it. <laughs> Usually. Do you? So, with that, do you guys just do? chit chat goofy tech stuff or is it everything is pretty much okay she's sending something uh i need to pay attention or do you guys send like silly photos and goofy shit and stuff like that or is that it's a little of both okay usually um if she like if it's a text message it's not as urgent right if she calls me right there's a there's a reason you know understood and it's and it's one of those things that I had to learn. <laughs> it was like, and it, and it came out exactly like that. It was right. one of those things where I was getting a phone call and I was in the middle of doing something and it was like, I don't know, I was grocery shopping or something. It's like, I'm, I'm and it's like, I'll, I'll just, I'll answer as right. soon as I'm done. And then she called again and I answered, I'm like, what's up? She's like, if I call you, there's a reason. <laughs> it's like, uh, duly noted. Right. <laughs> yeah. Affirmative. Yeah. My wife's pretty conscious. She knows generally speaking like if it's just a normal day and nothing's going on then yeah she might send me a picture of the boys or something like that but like right now she wouldn't contact me unless it was urgent or something so yeah yeah they're better at that than we are i hate so so we don't have a landline in our house right we just have my wife and i just have cell phones does anyone i yeah i was gonna some do some do my grandmother does yeah but she's also 97 my parents do but they live out by you where there's not really cell service so they live over the hill yeah they're in a situation where but it's like okay if you have your cell phone and you don't have a landline keep your cell phone within earshot, right? Or take it off a of silent. And there's all these times where she sends me out to do something or go to the grocery store oh. and she sends me a text message like, I need this and something else. And then she doesn't follow up with that. And so I call like, what else? And she doesn't answer her phone. It's oh. like, mm. answer the fucking phone. You, what? I need to get <clears throat> answers here. It's, a, it's, yeah. it's such a weird thing, that whole callback, yeah. right? Because yeah. there are some people I've found that uh, they'll send me a text message and I don't, if it's a conversation, I'm going to fucking call you. I'll call them and they won't answer. And it's like, pick up your phone. And yeah. like, I don't want to talk right now. And it's, it, it's like, they would, they don't like to yeah. talk on the You're phone. You're the guy who calls in response to a text. If it's a conversation text. Yeah. It, it's, sure. it's so fucking annoying, dude. If someone wants to talk like something in depth, I'm not going to do it over text because there's so many questions you could ask and so much. In- and there's nuances yeah. with yeah. tones yeah. and stuff like that. Tone is big. Yeah. My. And this this might just be my um, ego being bruised. One of my biggest pet peeves is our phones. All of our phones are within an arm distance, Always. right? Always. So my biggest pet peeve is when I am I text somebody, and I know their phone. They're always on their fucking phone, and they don't respond. Mm-hmm. That to me. But that's just my ego seems like disrespectful. Sure. Even if it's just like, hey, dude, what's up? Give me give me a thumbs up. Give me, a, you know, the two hands kind of mm-hmm. doing the whatever. Um, but if I in or if you're in a conversation and then they just die out. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that's it's like, where did you go? Yeah. Yeah. And well, and that's the part that goes back to a verbal conversation because you can have closure with a yeah. verbal conversation, but with a text conversation, it could be open-ended for fucking hours. Yeah. yeah. Or know? days. Yeah. And it's, yeah, you could go on these strings and it's open-ended for so long. And there's, I know for me, there's times when someone starts the conversation and I know I can't call them where I will send my last text and then I will die out as a message to them that I'm done texting. I've got other shit to do, mm. you yeah. know? And I, yeah, for sure. But, I'm it, super but I know what you mean. You got to be clear. Like I, I could, there are times when I could be clear about it, but there are times when it's just like, oh yeah, man, that's great. Talk to you later or something like that to end it. But it's like, yeah, it's, it can go on for so yeah. long. But as long as you say like, talk to you later, sure. you know, and you know, some of my friends back, like, love you, brother. Yeah. Even if you're in the middle of conversation, you're still like, hey, dude, I still want to talk. But they're like, love you, brother. Talk. Yeah. And you're you know like, okay, good. Yeah. yeah. You've, you've, You've signaled to me. You know what that's called? What? Communication. <laughs> <Bam>. <laughs> well, hey, I told you I suck at communication. I am guilty of of ghosting someone on text. Really? Yeah. Uh, if you're in the middle of something and like you're if like if I'm talking to Ike mm-hmm. or if if I'm working or something like right. that, or I'm outside mowing my lawn, let's just right. say my phone's on me, yeah. And maybe I'll stop and I'll read it really quick and then I'll do this and then I'll totally forget I, I read that. it. I yeah, do that. I, 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 I do that, and it's understandable. And my, here's the thing: my car has been freaking stupid. I told you this earlier. Like, so my car, something must have updated in it, where it's not a fancy like infotainment thing, mm-hmm. but I connect my phone via Bluetooth, yeah. right, so I can listen to pods or, yeah. or music, and uh, and now it started randomly dinging when I get a text. It says "ding message received," but that's all it says, and then that little thing goes away. But on my phone, it says the text is now read. Like it doesn't show up ah, as new anymore. Yeah. So unless I make a conscious effort to go back and reread what my car read for me without telling me. Dude, that's super annoying. It's really annoying. Yeah, and so there's been a couple times where I've I've uh, just missed text and then I'll go back and like start deleting old text. I'm like, oh shit, this was a week ago. Yep. And my car dinged and told me it, but I'm driving and I didn't have time to flip through it. Yeah. The car, the car shit is so frustrating sometimes. There's... Our technology communicates with its, itself right. so much. This In the wintertime here in was lovely Wisconsin for everybody who listened to this that doesn't live here, so there's maybe one of you. <laughs> I'll see if I can get two more. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so triple, for, for, triple <laughs> our fucking We just tripled right our, our listenership right there. Thank you, Jason Moyer. <laughs> I, we start a car in the morning. Yeah. I go out to my truck. I yeah. start it up in the morning when it's like minus 15. I got to go somewhere. I'm going to start it up, let it warm up a little bit. Um, but because my phone connects to my truck, yep. I'll get a phone call and I'll go to pick it up and nobody's there because it's on in my truck. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's mm-hmm. so annoying. I fucking hate yeah, it so, so much. Annoying. I hate it. And the new, okay, this, this is going to be the technology bitch session. I'm going to put a timer on for like <laughs> two minutes because this could go deep. But when, do you guys have iPhones? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So when Apple switched and you cannot listen to music via Bluetooth when your phone rings. So when someone calls you, you can no longer listen to music. It turns your music off of your Bluetooth speaker, like in your house, and you can only talk. Before mm-hmm. you could hear the music, okay, and talk. I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't either. Yeah, so it, I've got Bluetooth speakers in my house, and if you call me, 
and I answer the phone, the music turns off and only... So like if you're having a party or something and people are listening to your music off of your phone and you get a call, the the party dies for five minutes. Yeah, Yeah. so it's like intentionally, if I know I'm going to call, say, my buddy out in Colorado and we talk for half an hour, I will put on a record and play vinyl so then I can listen to music and talk to him. Or... Or you could buy a brand new Apple iPod <laughs> or iPad that you can listen to music on. That way, you know, Apple wins and you win. But Does Apple still make iPods? I think, I think so. they do. Yeah. yeah are so. they just the dirt cheap now? Yeah. Yeah, they're little. They're like, yeah. Oh. The OG Apple iPod, the big one, like the brick. Yeah. Those things, it was like, it was a huge amount of memory. Oh, yeah. Those things are like. Remember the U2 one, the black and uh, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. the black and red when one? When they came out with that new album, right? Yeah. yeah. Dude, that thing was. <laughs> you know, when they came out with that new album and then it was a forced download on anybody who had iTunes, it automatically went into your library. Did Dude, you get that? people lost their shit. Oh, fuck. That was so dumb. I was like, what? People lost their shit. I hated it. Like, and, and it was like, I don't even hate U2. I just didn't like force download of music yeah. into my phone. Yeah. Like, don't do yeah. that to me. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. Don't, don't force your bullshit on me. <laughs> Interesting. So you mentioned vinyl. You're a vinyl guy, right? Yes, 100%. You got into it. Yeah, I, um, I even have a podcast about it. I know. It. You can, you can, you Solace, can drop it right now. It's cool. SolaceCreekVinyl.com. And it came out of... I started it two years ago during the winter in Wisconsin. I was losing my fucking mind and it was just cold. It sucked. And so I wanted to create a soundtrack for, um, just, I, uh, I don't know. Like I was, you just get frustrated. I get super frustrated in the winter and you can't go outside. You can't do shit. I got to be moving. I got like 15 things going on and, so it was just like fucking Fugazi and Minor Threat, uh, all this crazy shit. And then I was like, this is kind of cool. And the funny thing is, is I just found I was going through all these external hard drives. I've got all these old hard drives when you used to have to pay a dollar a gig yeah. for mm-hmm. the hard drives. Yep. Um, and so I was going through these old hard drives. And when I had first moved back to Wisconsin, I actually created a birthday playlist that was all vinyl. So that was fuck, like seven years ago. I, mm-hmm. I totally forgot that I did this. But so, but now I, in mute to me, music is a huge thing. That was how I got through um, kind of child. My childhood was through music and found, um, you know, when we were growing up, if someone was wearing a certain shirt or listened to a certain music um, of a band, that's how you identified with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's you, you're like, okay, this person gets it. They listen to, you know, black flag or Jane's addiction or something like that. Like it was funny. Like, was it down to the band? Cause it, when I was growing up, it was like metalheads, country kids. For me, it was know, more bands. Yeah, it was for me. It was kind of, it was the genre. A, I was a skater Sure. And so when I, when I was growing up, skaters got beat up that we weren't, you fuck, weren't cool kids. We weren't fucking cool and making millions of dollars and all this other stuff. We got the shit kicked out of us. And so if a, if you were a skater to start, that was a peer identifier and we were friends immediately. And then it went into music. Cause you'd have, um, the metal heads, like all my friends pretty much listened to Metallica Slayer, that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, but I loved like the cure, but 
back then listening to the cure was, you know what I mean? It's like, you got the label, man. You got, you got put in your little box. Yeah. You know, they'd be like, fucking pussy Moyer, listen to goddamn fucking music. And, you know, but it'd be like, uh, yeah, but the really hot chicks like it. <laughs> so now we're understanding what was Jason so Moyer's motivation every as motivation a young motivation man. Here has been right. All the hot chicks. Full circle. Yeah. Full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't realize they liked it until I started talking to him about it. Um, now, like, oh, really? Okay. Have you heard? Uh- <laughs> Dude, there's nothing better than, than knowing music. It, like, I, yeah. I would agree. I So my little sister, I wasn't around a lot because I was traveling and working. I'm 18 years older than she is. and But my thing was I always made sure that I would turn her on to music when she got old enough. And so I would have like those, um, remember like CDs and you'd have those uh binder things and you can yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so i would give like those filled with cds to my little sister and just be like okay like check out this oh you like this check this out and blah, 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 blah. and just to me music is a huge still to this day is a huge 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 part of my life it's so, a shaper of human beings yeah, but yeah so what is it about vinyl that's what i don't get um there's a nostalgia yeah. for sure a hundred percent um, the also in this day and age, in this time, there is the moments where you need to just slow the fuck down. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't be fast. You can't be doing other shit when you're listening to vinyl and, um, there's a presence. Yeah. You have to be there. Yeah. And it's funny cause, um, Shawnee would sometimes she'd put on a record, but then like go and do shit, and I'm like the record's gonna end. Like you can't fuck up that needle. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta you gotta be aware and like pay attention. Well, and, the new ones they do it for. Yeah, you. they do the auto stop, and then yeah. they'll come back. The one that I have at the current moment doesn't do that, and I think she was probably getting annoyed with me because I I wouldn't like really say something, but there would be kind of this like, what was that? (laughs) Weird, bad communication. (laughs) And, um, but just being aware that you have to know, like, and that's the interesting thing is then you'll sit there and you'll listen. You think, okay, this is going to be the last song in this, on this side. Mm -hmm. And then, Oh no, there's another one. You go over there and Oh, there's another one. So for me, I just, I enjoy that. I love the, um, I love to research stuff. So with vinyl, I can then research an artist and I'll read stuff. And I got turned on to, uh, Walter Carlos, which, turned into Wendy Carlos, which was the first trans person that was openly trans and huge in the music industry that did like the soundtrack for 2001. Um, all this crazy, like really rad uh, modular synth stuff. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of got turned on to that. And you're reading, you learn about like the producer who did something. Then you'll be like, you'll see it all of a sudden. Oh, that guy did that up and that and that. And you're like, Oh, okay. That's why I like this. And you know, the, the liner notes and stuff like that. Would you say, I mean, as you're, as you're t- speaking, I'm, I'm visualizing what, what you're doing when you're opening up an album, when you hold right. it in your hands, yep. when, when you're listening to vinyl, you're, it's very intentional. Yes. You know, 
you have to put in the effort to find the vinyl. Yep. You have to put in the research to have a good uh, LP player. Yep. Right? You have to, when you go to buy vinyl, it's not fucking cheap. Not at all. So when you're flipping, when when you go to, a, when I go to a vinyl store. Right. And I don't, Stephanie's more into vinyl than I am, but I I have a visceral right. experience. You, right. You appreciate it. It's when you want to find, when I want to find a, a vinyl record, I have to dig through stacks of fucking records to find the one and it might not be there. Yeah. So I have to deal with disappointment. Yep. When I find it, I feel so great because oh, yeah. it's this moment of like, I, I, I got my thing, take it home and you pull it out and it yep. smells like a, it's a certain smell. <laughs> There's like a, you pull the wrapper off of the, of the cardboard and you're yep. like, okay, this can never be sealed again. It's officially yep. unsealed. Yep. Take it out, set it, the sound of the needle hitting the vinyl. Right. And then I think at that point I'm so immersed into the entire process of of desiring this album to getting the album. It's like I have a story behind it. You right. know, you probably I have, have an a, experience. You probably have a stronger appreciation for it too. The music itself versus just downloading it on iTunes and plug and play and go. Well that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's where yeah. I'm going to your point of doing the research. Yeah. You're so deep into it already. You want to go deeper. It's like the gateway to, to art. Yeah. You it's, know? I mean, it's actually made me, I've always loved music my entire life and I've always wanted to play it, but I just, it doesn't, my, my brain and my hands don't communicate. And then the math, there's so much fucking math in music that I, I just, I can't comprehend it. And, but through all of this other stuff, I've now learned music through a program. So now I can use this thing called Ableton and I, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life is learn this program, but now I can create tracks and I can mm -hmm. make music and I can make the music that I, I like, which is super interesting and weird mm. that I can now through my appreciation of music and doing all this stuff. And it all actually stemmed from this uh, Walter Carlos, Wendy Carlos album that then triggered all this stuff where I was like, doing all this research, going down these yeah. rabbit holes, hearing all these different people. And I'm like, fuck, I can do this. Like, I love this. I know what they're doing. And I just sit there and I listen to, and I'm like, okay, they got these and ba 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 And then I just, I literally took two and a half months and learned this program. That's all I did for two and a half months is I just fucking learned that I was in it and learned this program. And now every week I now take, I learn, I make a track for visuals i used to always have a camera with me when i was traveling the world and directing and stuff like that so i have like i said these hard drives filled with footage and so i've got all this crazy footage from all over the world or out in la in the desert so now i take one minute of footage and i make a one minute track to it of all this stuff that it's really interesting i've but, seen them i've seen them yeah. on instagram you did them um, with the windmills yeah yeah the yeah. turbines out mm -hmm. in joshua tree and so all that stems back from like the appreciation of it and mm. doing it and like I can, don't get me wrong, I fucking love Spotify. Like, mm -hmm. I can get on the Spotify, and before, it's really interesting. Like, I have this weird personality where I will fucking hate it. I hate that person. I fucking hate them. As an artist, you mean? Like a musical artist? No, just like, say a person, I'm going to get to, I'm going to, this will okay. all make sense in a second. Like, I will, like, my junior, my friend from, end of elementary school into junior high. I fucking hated him before I knew him. Fucking hated that guy only because I identified so much with him and the certain things about him that it, 
there was this weird either competition thing or like, ah, fuck him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then he became my best friend. I he's, fucking, a, he's a threat. Yeah. He's a threat on some level. On yeah. some level in like Spotify. I fucking hated, fuck Spotify. I hate Spotify. And then everyone's like on Spotify and sending me these playlists and all this shit. I'm like, fuck, I can't play this stuff. And I respect my friend's opinion on music. Okay, I'll try it. No, I fucking love it. Love yeah. Spotify. <laughs> you, flipped, you flipped over to the other side. I'm just going to do a shameless plug. We can all play music. Didn't you hear the recorder in our intro? That's oh, yeah. me, man. Really? <laughs> nice. I'm going to I'm gonna have to get you on the album. You uh, got to listen to episode two, baby. <laughs> it's all about that. No, with So I heard a guy on a podcast, because I'm a podcast whore too. I right. love podcasts. He compared the experience of like getting in the vinyl and and and, and diving into that is like driving a car with a stick shift 100 percent. it's like when you drive a car when i drive a car with a stick shift it makes me way more thoughtful of every motion i make i'm not just cruising down the road and automatic and letting my lidar sensors know where the lines on the road are right. and all that shit yeah so it makes me think about the gearbox it makes me think about the engine it's like oh how the fuck does that work it it, it gives me more awareness awareness yeah. and and desire to learn about what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. You know, if I can just click a button and go, yeah. Well then what am I I'm gonna spend my time fucking off on on my phone. Yeah. Or something. 100%. If I, yeah. If I get into like a tram or something, it's like I don't care about what the tram's made of. I mean yeah. I do, but there's times when it's like I'm weird like that. But yeah. It's um it's so visceral and so in there's it's like a different part of your brain gets engaged. Yeah. And we don't do it enough. Oh man. Like for sure. Um I was talking to my buddy. His kid is, excuse me, 16 and lives in Santa Monica. They're probably maybe a mile from the beach. And during this whole pandemic, they were taking school from home. Mm -hmm. And his kid does school on his computer. When he's done, him and all of his friends get on their computers and play games. Mm-hmm. Yep. Till fucking midnight. Yep. And just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And me and my friend were talking about, um, and this is kind of third verse, same as the first, and everyone's sick of hearing the old men talk about this, but. You know, when we grew up, it was you got on bicycles, you got dirty, you, um, when the streetlights, if you had good parents, when the streetlights came on, you you had to be home. Yep. Um, and it was just- What are you just, trying to say about my dad, bro? <laughs> I was talking about my mom, not about you. <laughs> and um, it was just more tactile. Life was more tactile. Mm-hmm. And it just, that's another thing about vinyl is it, it's tactile. You're grabbing stuff. Like you said, going through the store, like I just got all these rad old um, 80s, like Kraftwerk and Ultravox and all these stuff. I don't think they've been opened or removed from a basement since the 80s. Like mm. I had to take them and put them outside on my deck for two days like take the record out of the sleeve put it out there take all the plastic off throw the plastic away clean inside it like i clean everything i've got a certain mixture where i clean all my vinyl and the insides of everything and it's just tactile Mm -hmm. you know and it's so if you took a 14 year old kid yep 
was playing video games uh-huh. till midnight. Yep. And you took him to a vinyl store yep. and you asked him to find an album. Yep. How long do you think it'll last? Uh, I th- depend. I mean, if to go deeper, what I would do is on that drive over there, I would find out what his interests are and what that video game. Right. But the, no, no, no deep dive. Okay. Very surface, just like all the other stuff that they do. Right. And, and you ask them, I need you to find this album. I got to run to the, down the street real quick. Can you go in there and grab this for me? I know it's in there. Oh, I'm, I'm giving him a task. Like, yeah, you're going to say. I want this album. Yeah, how long till he gets frustrated? Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Like the, If he even gets out of the car. Right. <laughs> Dude, right there. Exactly. It's what? You want me to do something? It's to, it's to the, the old man bullshit that we talk right. about these damn kids. I could totally, the attention span is so short. You know, Stephanie, she's so good at at web design and she does all the, um, she knows how many seconds a person's on her website. Right. And like, there's a a certain amount of seconds that the attention span is known at. Yep. Seven. Seven seconds. Yeah. And they got seven seconds to give them a hook. Yep. Right. So there's, there's no way after seven seconds and they don't, if they don't have a phone in their pocket. I can't, it's like an implosion. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, there's a sadness in that for me because I lived those days Yeah, where I went out in the woods and we played army with fucking sticks, Yeah, you know, and yeah. we, we went and swam in the river with no supervision. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh, I mean, I just, for anyone listening for the record, if you do not know, I do not have any children. Um, so when I say all this stuff, it's just from my armchair sitting here and goddamn kids. I don't, I don't have any kids, um, <laughs> but I see them. My friends mm-hmm. have kids and I identify with it. And I can't imagine the frustration in like talking to my buddy who's got the kid. And he's like, dude, like we're a mile from the beach in Santa Monica and he will not leave the house. Like mm-hmm. you take any kid maybe in Wisconsin and you're like, maybe for a week they're like, Oh fuck the beach. And then they're back onto their video games. Mate, yeah. You know what I mean? But I mean, that's the thing that's super sad, but also kind of pretty rad in a way where you can be anywhere in the world now and be connected, which is kind of cool where I, in all honesty with all my travels and everything I I did, like this is going to sound horrible, but if there wasn't Amazon or the internet or I couldn't buy certain things online, it would make my experience living here very difficult, but I can get whatever I want delivered to me, which is rad. So mm-hmm. if I want like a certain uh, Japanese spice or uh, whatever, I can get it delivered to me. I can even get a weird random band, um, a Japanese or Thai psych rock band vinyl off of Bandcamp delivered to my house now, which is super rad. That's beautiful. I love that. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Um, but you're not you're not so immersed in it that it takes away from everything else because you're pretty um, tactile, handsome, all of the above, but. <laughs> I was gonna. I don't know. Keep going. I want to. I want to know more. <laughs> Disconnected isn't the word I want to say. Maybe unplugged is is more of an appropriate uh, word. I try my best, and 
to be honest, I think it kind of hurts me. And I was going to talk about this earlier, but this might be a good time to talk about this. Um, <clears throat> it burns when I pee. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, about like promotion and stuff like that. Like, I've got my coffee company, yeah. right? I've got my podcast. And like, say during the holidays, that's the time when you're supposed to be like pushing your shit mm -hmm. and like sell, 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 look what we got. But I'm kind of the opposite. And to my detriment, I think where it's like, I don't want to fucking bother you. And I'm, I'm bothered looking at this shit on my phone. Yeah, I brother, I'm going to, I'm going to reach across and give Jason a fist bump right there because you are, you are a kindred spirit animal of mine <laughs> when it comes to that shit. Continue. Yeah, because I just I don't I don't want to bother you, and I and I hope, and I don't know how I could make that like people aware of that. Besides, maybe I make a video and say, "Hey, listen, the holidays are coming. I don't want to fucking bother you, but if you want some rad coffee, you could go to this link." Mm -hmm. um, so when people are selling shit and promoting stuff, like I back off, I feel bad. I feel guilty. I don't want to be in your fucking face mm -hmm. with this stuff. Cause I, I, to be honest, I think it's rude and disrespectful and, um, but it's, it's to my detriment in a certain, I own a business. Right. right That's right. not the way you're supposed to think when you own a business. Well, So yes, I, I have a huge hard time being sold to, Mm-hmm. And and I and I don't like the marketing world we live in because I right. think it devalues our everyday experiences. Yes. Like take a landscaping company, okay? There's I get a I get a landscaping magazine every month and it's got all these new marketing strategies for your landscaping company and it's how to utilize Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, everything you could think of yeah. how to do it. Plus you got mailers and you got door knockers and you got all these different or door hangers, all yeah. these different ways that you can market to people. And my gut feeling around marketing is, thank you, sir, um, is that if you're good, you're going to eventually do good. Right. You know? Yeah. It's, um, and, and I understand part of that is, is I live in a, we live in a small town. Yes. You know, so I can get away with that in a, in a smaller town by word of mouth advertising. Right. But, you, so even if you take take LA, yep. So you got someone who uh, say there's a, a young lady who's got an amazing makeup line, primo products, really great palettes, all these different things that she's going to try to market. She can market the shit out of it. She could pay for bots on Instagram to get all of her followers up and do all these things. But if she had one even B list celebrity say, "Oh yeah, I picked up one of these and this is the shit," yeah, that one word of mouth is going to travel so much farther oh, yeah. than all the Instagram likes. Yeah. And so I, I do like, I have a, like a visceral reaction when I get pushed too much sales shit yeah. through social media. Yeah. So I, I personally stay away from it. And like, I was telling Kyle, like your branding, like this, this shit, I'm looking at Jason's bag here. It's a gratitude grind. It's a, it's a skull head and he's got a sweet flipped up bill cap. This is awesome. Thanks. Like when I see a bag like this, I know there's a, I'm just, there's a story there somewhere. There's right. a reason that this is the way it is. And it's very intriguing and nobody had to shove it in my face. Cause if you stick it here, I'm going to push it away. Right. But I'm, as I'm holding it in my hand, I'm looking at it. It's like, how come he's got one missing tooth on the left side of his mouth? <laughs> it's like, is there a story behind that? Because knowing you a little bit, it's like, 
you've got some pretty wicked stories. Like it's, it's like, did you did you crash and burn? Are you missing a tooth, bro? It's like I love that. Right. I love that. But I'm an old guy too. Yeah. You know, and so and that's I mean that's I think that's a of <clears throat> that line also where I you know, I've got a timer where it's like after I spend forty five minutes on Instagram, it will tell me mm. and then I'm out. Yeah. But even you know, I'll get, uh, you know, shows you how much time you're on your phone and stuff like that. Granted, I, I do a lot of research. I love, I just, I'm a research nut on just weird shit. So I'll do a lot of that stuff on my phone. Um, but for the like marketing and pushing stuff, like I have a real, and that's my background. Like I traveled the world directing commercials for Nike, McDonald's, fucking, you know, Chevy, Ford, whatever. That's my background. Like I should be crushing it right now. So I have this um, like conversation and fight inside of me where this is my background. This is what I should be doing. But also I have an integrity code as well. Mm, So I always have this internal fight constantly yeah and i think that's where i was i was trying to get to so when i said you were disconnected and to be honest we haven't really hung out or talked since pandemic but pre-pandemic you were on i'll call it a personal journey of disconnecting from the world right where where you're making a conscious effort to to be off devices and to be off of things yeah i got a flip phone yeah and you you got a flip phone i did a flip phone for a year and so so what's intriguing to me is you were in LA, you were so connected, you yep. were a fucking video producer, you were in the mix yep. of everything. Yep. And then to to shut that off and then you started hand roasting, hand cranking coffee. Right. And now you're into vinyl. Yeah. Like and so you're it's just digressing. So, <laughs> well, is it is but it a is it, di- is it digressing or is it finding what's valuable in life and making an effort towards that? And that's what I'm trying to yeah. ask, I guess. Um I mean that's that's my daily struggle to be honest where I love uh I love my life right now. Like it's super simple and I'm, I'm super accountable for my life Yeah, and I'm learning how to be sustainable. Uh, A lot of the meat that I eat is stuff that I've hunted, which is fucking weird. Like, no, it's not. That's awesome. It's, it is, but it's awesome. But my story of how I got there is fucking weird. Like, you know, I, I lived LA, Tokyo, London, like all these fucking crazy places in these, all these urban environments. And then I came back here and it's, it's, it's amazing. It's beautiful, but there's also another part of me where I've seen all of that craziness and it's like a drug. Like mm-hmm. it's really good that first time. And you, you were out in LA and yep. dude, it's fucking, you just, it's, it's that first hit, man. And then you just start chasing the dragon and it's just you want more but then for me it was really really hard and again it kind of to my detriment where i think i fucked up my career where it was like i wasn't happy with who i was and that person and i knew i was not that person and i would never be happy if i was to go down that road and that was a huge decision to come home like 
if someone would have told me, well, let's, let's put it this way. So when I started my film career, I had, there were two options. I was in school at art center. Um, and the two options were I do these spec commercials. They fucking get me a job or I move back to fucking Wisconsin and live in my grandparents' basement. The last fucking thing I ever wanted to do in my life was to move back to Wisconsin ever. That was mm -hmm. like the time and the moment where I had lived outside of Wisconsin over 15 years, like to the day of being outside of Wisconsin more than I was in it was a fucking party. Yeah. Like I never, ever, ever wanted to fucking come back here ever. Um, and I'm being so passionate about it because now I fucking love it. Yeah. And it's that thing where I fucking hated my friend, my best friend in junior high fucking hated that guy before I met him. Once I met him fucking loved him and he was my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're describing the hero's journey. Yeah, totally. You are absolutely to a T describing. Oh yeah, and I, I love Joseph Campbell. I have the hero's journey um, and the four noble truths printed out on my wall, so I look at them every day. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm actually so Shawnee and I. Another reason why I'm learning the this music is so during the pandemic, Shawnee and I did an album. I had this idea, and I was like, I want to make this record. I want to produce it, but I don't know how to make music. So let's do this. And you're a beautiful musician. You do this, but I've got this idea. Will you help me? She's like, yeah, sure. So we did this album, uh, punk ballads, super rad album, super, super cool. But now I want to be more involved in the process with her and to be able to collaborate. So we're doing an album that's based upon the hero's journey just to kind of go full circle. Oh no shit. Yeah. So oh. we're going to do six tracks, uh, taking the hero's journey and, I think there's three, there's three main parts of the hero's journey, but it's broken down in all these different pieces, but we're going to have six tracks and the whole thing will be the hero's journey. There's the call to, to adventure. So if you're going to take the three, it's a call to adventure, overcoming great obstacles yep. and then bringing it home. Yeah. Yeah. And the hard part that I have is understanding that and surrendering to it because there's still part of me that sees the um like that world that i lived in and i still have friends that live in that world of la and the money mm -hmm. and um that lifestyle that looks really good on the rec rectangle that you're looking at at fucking 9 p.m in the winter of wisconsin you're just like fuck dude man i fucking i'd give anything to be on a set right now and shooting x y and z um film not guns and um, <laughs> this is Wisconsin. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but then, you know, I, I end up talking to, to those friends and they just reconfirm like, dude, it just happened the other day. Like I was talking to my friend and she's, she's now in the, out in the desert with her boyfriend, but we knew each other from LA and we went to school together and we're really good friends. And she just recently moved out to the desert in the last year. And she was talking about, she's like, wow, you got out. Like you were smart and you got out way ahead of any of us and you fucking did it right. But in my mind, I'm always like, ah, fuck man. Like there's a part of me that still has that like. Yeah. You, addiction. you, you had the taste. Yeah. You know, but and, you also had the passion. Like that's what right. you 
wanted to do. Yeah. I, yeah. You're the way you're describing it. What I hear is a, it's a cerebrally. Mm-hmm. You're, 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 you're like, Oh man, there was all these things I could be doing. But if you surrendered and let go of the cerebral part of it and, and you're just living it like right yeah. now you're living it. Yeah. If you, if you feel it, yeah, you're, you're doing everything right. Yeah. You know, and that's the beauty of it, right? I 100%. think this, that's the thing why Joseph Campbell's hero's journey makes so much sense to me anyway, is because it's a complete and total surrender to the natural order of things. Right. You know, we all have our journey. Yeah. Just that they don't all look the same. They don't yeah. look like your journey, my journey and Kyle's journey. They're all different, but we're all going through the process. And it's like, it's combining the natural world and our inner world and our maturity into one big circle. Yeah. And as we age, we bring it back. Yeah. You know, that's the fucking beauty of it. And you're sitting right here in this town you never wanted to come back to. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, dude. You're sharing these stories that you had that created this man you are and the influence you have to to drop some wisdom and to share some some knowledge with young people who probably won't fucking listen to it until they go through it themselves. Cause I know I yeah. you know it's I'm like the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a beautiful thing. And you're you're bringing it home, and and you know you're still honestly, in my opinion, you're still a young guy. You got way more fucking journeys than you, bro. Yeah, I you know? I, I I agree, and I think kind of hitting on what you're saying there, uh, like the last, like coming home was super super hard, and being here was really really difficult, and the last probably two or three years it's been amazing and I've grown a lot. Like I think I'm, I'm at a really good spot for if you're going to put the seed in the fertile ground is right now mm-hmm. um, to grow. And I've, I've had this character and these stories beforehand that are nice. And what I call kind of the Edward Scissorhands Senate syndrome, like, Edward Scissorhand comes to this suburban place and he's wearing fucking leather and he's got this crazy hair and fucked up hands and ooh, he's exotic and all the chicks want to get on him and, you know, fucking everyone thinks he's super cool and some people fear him. And so I, it's like this weird Edward Scissorhand thing where you, you come back and it's this exotic kind of thing to a certain degree mm-hmm. where it's like, especially around a lot of people just kind of stay here. So I, I have this background and this history and this story, which I call kind of like my Edward Scissorhand thing, mm-hmm. which I think is great. And it's interesting. And it helps open some doors. Yeah, sure. You know? Um, and, and then now, but through that and through kind of my life and where I've been and what I've experienced and then kind of going full circle with my childhood, it's like my biggest thing that I'm focusing on currently is how do I take that and like help and benefit the community and kids. And like, I wish I would have met someone like me when I was a kid. Um, just fucked up tattoos. And, you know, I was in the big brother program, mm-hmm. but the guy, he total fucking nerd and like wore khakis and just, it's just like, dude, you're a nerd. Like, I'm not interested. So, you mean that the guy who was running the program? The, the, my big brother. Your big brother. Yeah. Oh, okay. If you're out there and listening, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I just, I was totally disinterested. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a K 
kid from a fucking single mom living in Village Square getting my ass kicked because A, I skateboard, B, I'm fucking poor, and but I'm also a threat because I'm I'm fucking funny and I'm athletically really, really good. And the girls like it. And the girls like me because I love the cute. That's a huge fucking threat. It, dude, I got my ass kicked by jocks. Yeah, because because you made the girls time. laugh. Yeah, You're funny, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, um, and so right now, like on my journey, that's I'm trying, and without being totally like selfless, I also need to make a fucking. I have a job at the moment, but I'm like, how can I take all this experience that I have and not create a fucking Tony Robbins empire, but how do I make a career out of this mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. help kids help people like with addiction. Like I'm actually taking a program right now out of a university in Australia called Adelaide. I think it's called, um, it's kind of like they're Harvard. And so I'm taking a opioid and addiction program through them. Mm-hmm. Um, just, it's a passion of mine that I want to be able to help. You know what I mean? And like, do you believe in that the universe will provide do you, do you believe in that mindset? Um, I do, but my problem is, is I'm fucking impatient. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, welcome yeah. to the world. You know, yeah. like I, I truly believe I am where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. My life right now is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I have amazing friends. You know, I know you guys. Fucking, I've got Shawnee in my life. I live in a beautiful place. I have my dog. I've, I've got a job. I've got a, a, a new car. I can pay my bills. Um, the want and need in that world is filled, mm-hmm. but it's just my personal journey and des- destination. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the problem is, is I know it will happen. And I always, my thing is you got to get out of your fucking way, Jason, mm-hmm. get the fuck out of your way, Jason, and be patient. Don't fuck it up and get in your way. And make thing try to fucking stir the pot when it doesn't need to be stirred. Just let it fucking simmer. Yeah, let it simmer, bro. <laughs> and it's hard, man. It's fucking hard. We had a guy come into our club one time um, with the Boys and Girls Club, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He was a mentor pre-COVID, of course. Um, his name is Cam, skateboarder. He did dubs. He's part of, do you know Cam? Uh-uh. So Cam was... Six four, six five, like super fit guy, but he's a long border and like he had a I don't give a fuck attitude. Um really, really chill guy. And his message I to this day, it was about making coffee. He was making a French press. Him and I sat down in his living room. Dude, he had a fucking skateboard ramp. He turned his entire living room into a bowl. Wow. Woodworking, it was a four foot tall bowl. And he would drop in in his living room. His wow. whole living room was nothing but he was a single guy, you know. So we sat down over coffee and we're, I wanted to know, like, I, what's your message? Like, what do you want to bring to these kids? And he's like, people just need to take their time, man. He's like, he, just, he goes, like this cup of coffee. He's doing his French press and he's pushing it down painfully slow. Right. And he's like, he's like, you just got to just let it flow he says if you take your time with anything you do it's going to come out just the way it's supposed to and when we brought it to these kids 
I know a couple of them were like, fuck that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got shit to do. I got to talk to that, you know, all these things. But it, it hit me in a big way because there were, I was rushing around at the time, rushing here, rushing there, trying to get all this shit done because there's so many places I needed to be. And I wanted to have influence. I wanted to grow the club, uh, lead group. I wanted to grow my business, all these things. And it really helped me just like, like you said, let it simmer. You know, yeah. it's like, it's such a fucking, it's a, it's a easy answer, but it's really difficult to do. It's, it's, it's hard. It's super, super hard. And another kind of story and background is, I mean, I was a Buddhist monk in Vietnam Mm-hmm. And so if anyone should know this, <laughs> fucking I should, um, which makes it even harder. So I, I have this practice and understanding where I, I do kind of calm down and chill out, but I, st- I still have this need. I don't know. Needs kind of very strong, a, a, a want to, to get there. I know it's there. You know what I mean? You know, it's there to this, the ability to simmer. No, the, like say the goal, I know the goal is there and I know I can get there. So I, I, I want to, you want to expedite the process of, yeah, you know, it's the classic. And sometimes it makes the long way around when you try to rush it through. Yeah, exactly. So it's the classic fucking, uh, rabbit and turtle. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just fuck. It's so classic. And just as I'm talking through it right now, I'm like, chill the fuck out, Jason. Shut up. I just, I I see, I see a door (laughs) and it's not even fucking locked. And and then, and then it's like, somebody's trying to run through the fuck, like kick it open. Yeah. I'm going to kick it. I'm going to kick it. I'm going to kick it. And I'm and but it's not even locked. All you got to do is turn the fucking handle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've been there, man. And it's like, oftentimes it's like, I feel like every year, this time of year, because I run a landscaping company, yeah. this time of year I get like, I get buzzy, like my whole fucking body just starts to buzz, and I yeah, get all you these, do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like it's it's a strange thing, and I and I gotta force myself to be quiet. Yeah. Because if I don't, then all of a sudden I start running, and I start I'm I'm running on on the five thousand RPMs when I need to be around 2,500 yeah. to get things smoothly done. Cause when I'm going so fast, what I realize for me is that the faster I go, it makes everybody around me uneasy. Everybody around me sees, feels my energy and they're like, fuck, I'm just going to take two steps back because right. he's got his thing going. And this is something that's plagued me almost my whole life. I remember decorating a Christmas tree with my family and they would just get the fuck out the way. <laughs> Serious, it's like, Leave my, him alone. My ex-wife, she told me one time, she's like, it's not even fun to decorate a tree with you anymore. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is awesome. Look at it. You know, she's like, if you stood back and watched yourself decorate a tree, nobody can get a bulb in there. Cause you're fucking, you know? So it's, uh, to, there's so much power in patience. Oh yeah. 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 And it's, it's, it's hard. And I'm definitely learning a lot in the last, even through all my practice and meditation and all that stuff. Like it's an ongoing process. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? And it just, the hard thing is, is I get so excited about something and I just, I'm like, I, I, I want this to happen. So I just, I, and I'm passionate. So then, but then you, you do things too fast. Even just something simple. you, just say like something online and you fill it out wrong. You're just like, fuck, if I just would have slowed down mm-hmm. for a second yeah. and just yeah. fucking, that would have been fine. Do you ever, do you ever, either of you guys ever fall plague to 
something exciting is going to happen and you talk it up and talk it up and talk it up. And by the time it gets there, it, it's, it's like, like oh, de-energized. Mm. That's life, man. Yeah. It's, <laughs> my, it's one of my worst issues I have is when something good is going to come my way and I know it when I do it, I'll talk about it and talk about it and talk about it till I fucking kill it. And then all of a sudden it doesn't happen. And yeah. it's, and it's like, there's nothing more heartbreaking for me looking back, knowing I did this to myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then also I always feel like, you know, you're talking something up and, and it, if it doesn't happen, I, I've done that so much that now I just don't talk, you know, and right. I just keep my mm. mouth shut. May, hopefully something happens. If it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, and accepting that mm-hmm. is great. But that was a huge thing learning from like working in the film industry is that's all it is, is fucking hot, thick, beautiful smoke being blown mm-hmm. up your ass yeah. all day, every day. And you just get excited all the time. And, oh, I got this fucking thing. And someone's looking at my script and this is going to happen. And then like, ah, no. Yeah. 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 You know? Oh, I'm going to get this job and I'm going to fucking Prague. And they're like, ah, no. Yeah, That's expectations, right? Yeah. Expectations are fucking built to take your knees out from under you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that happens all the time. Gentlemen. Hey, can we? Oh, yeah. You want to take a quick yeah, break? I got to take a, a break. I broke the seal and <laughs> no, it's, good. it's time to go. You need a break too? Or are you good? You guys uh, can carry on. I don't care. I'm going to go. We'll care. We'll we'll go in. Uh, we'll go in cycles here. Yeah, we'll go in cycles. Hey, if, can we backtrack? You dropped yep. a bomb, and I knew this about you, but yep. maybe our listeners don't. Yep. You were a Buddhist monk. Yes. How the fuck did that happen? Um, so I was always interested in Eastern philosophy and religion. Okay. Since I can remember, I can remember growing up in Baraboo, we grew up on seventh street, um, in this little duplex. And I vividly to this day still have a memory of a full sleeve Japanese tattoo that I wanted to have. And do I mean I was probably four, and I I, I now have a full sleeve yeah, Japanese tattoo, but back then, a I never left, I never seen a Japanese person, and never seen a Japanese tattoo, but I just always had this thing, so it's always been in me, um, and I've always been very curious and interested in it, and I would investigate and research about meditation and seek things out and stuff like that. So the Buddhist monk thing, um, I was in Vietnam. I was staying. I had met this really awesome old lady walking down the street when I was in Vietnam. And she just came up to me and she's like, um, where are you staying? <laughs> I was like, uh, up the road at the hotel. She's like, no, you're going to stay with us. I'm like, what? She's like, no, you're going to stay with us. I'm like, ah. I'm pretty good. Got a nice hotel, running water. Uh, I'm good. It's like, no, you're going to stay with us. Okay. So I moved in with this, this old couple. Um, and he was a motor taxi driver and he'd drive a scooter around yeah, and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. And so it was awesome, dude. I was like immersed in this uh, Vietnamese, uh, this older man and gentleman, uh, sorry, older woman and gentleman. And they became my family. And so they kind of took care of me and I lived with them. And I was 
just kind of hanging out and going to coffee shops and just fucking around and going on adventures in Vietnam. And I had seen in a, um, this was when the internet was just kind of popping to a certain degree. And I had seen something about, there was a Buddhist monk that had a um, pagoda outside of um, Saigon, Ho Chi Minh city. And he spoke English. I was like, Oh, interesting. Cause I'd gone to these other places, but no one had spoken English and I'd actually met this kid. Um, fuck. I wish I could remember his name. I feel so bad. Just an awesome kid. And I was walking down and he just came up to me and started talking to me and we became really good friends. And, um, just through his passion for wanting to learn English and he, um, his family was Buddhist and stuff like that. So I was very curious about Buddhism. So we'd always sit there and talk. And so anyways, I uh, had seen this thing about this monk that had this pagoda. So I asked um, uncle, that's what you call kind of like older people okay. in Asian communities. Your, your uncle, like someone you respect, you call them, if they're not your parent, they're your uncle. And so uncle I asked him if he would take me out there. No, yeah, sure, sure. So we go out to this pagoda. Uh, it's about maybe an hour, hour and a half outside of Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City. And um, so I get there. I'm like, wow, this place is fucking nice and impressive. and But very small and quaint, but just beautiful. So we go in, I'm kind of walking around and uncle's kind of, you know, talking to people and blah, 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 trying to figure shit out. And I'm just kind of walking around. And then the abbot comes out, the head, the head monk. And um, he's very calm and serene and just this beautiful glowing little guy and starts talking and, asking me why I'm here and said, I'm oh, just curious. I wanted to check it out. I've always kind of been into Buddhism. I've been meditating for, you know, most of my adult life. And, um, he's like, okay. He's like, we've been waiting for you. You're a little late, but we've been waiting for you. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. Um, so you're going to stay here. It's kind of, you know, same as the other people. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on, man? And um, at that moment, you're staying right now. Yeah. Like, you're going to stay here. I'm like, ah, oh, no, I, I got I to gotta go get my bags and I got all my stuff at Uncle's and I'll come back. And it was my get out. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. like, nah, fuck this, man. This he, is, he knew it too. Yeah. He totally knew it. He had me on <laughs> lockdown, man. And, um, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'll, I'll come back. In his head, he's like, bullshit. He's like, no, you're staying here. I've arranged it. Um, you don't need anything. You're going to live here. Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got clothes for you. We've got sandals. Uh, we'll feed you. We'll educate you. Um, you're staying here. All right. I guess I'm staying here. And um, it was beautiful, man. So you're just told to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause with my own intuition and fighting it and going back to the same third versus same as the first, 
I would have been like, ah, fucking freaked out, scared of it, fearful, hating it, but in the end, would have wanted to do it and loved it. But he knew me well enough to know that I couldn't do that on my own. Mm. And he had to do it for me and give me no other option. How much persuading did it take? Like how long did he have to work you over mentally to... Uh... Not a lot because he was so stoic mm-hmm. and so convincing that I knew he knew what I needed. Like he was just like, there was no hesitation or anything in his voice. You're staying here. I've taken care of everything. You don't have to do anything. You he, just have to fucking show up. You could see it in your eyes. Yeah. You had that. I, I wanted it, what? but I was afraid to take that step. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, it's a special thing. It's a special thing to have it within you to be the guy that has that internal call to adventure that is willing to set it all aside and say, fuck it, let's roll. Right. You know, it's super special. And when you walked in, that's probably exactly what it, That's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, it was crazy. That's it was nuts, man. And um yeah, and then there was an auntie there and a granny and they took care of me. They were beautiful. They <laughs> <laughs> They were so awesome and then there was this young monk who um so we got to talk for a half an hour. So we couldn't speak, we couldn't say anything. We had to go to classes, we'd wake up, we'd uh meditate, we'd eat, we'd do walking meditation. Uh the teacher would give me a lesson on Buddhism or meditation or breathing or stuff like that. And then um, we would have uh, a half an hour that we could actually talk and communicate. And so there was this young monk, he was super rad and he would, um, he just wanted to learn English. So he'd come into my room in my room. um, Let me see. I'll see if I can pull up some pictures. So my room basically was a, uh, what are those like a foot locker at the end of a bed mm-hmm. that was like as wide as a bed long. So you could, a human could lay on it. But so I guess that's the length. The length was say six feet and the width was probably three feet. Okay. So that was my bed mm-hmm. and you would like a foot locker. And I mean, that's basically what it was. You would lift it up and then your shit was inside there. Okay. But I didn't have anything. You know what I mean? They gave, I had my shorts and my shirt that I was wearing when I showed up. Was it like freestanding or was it a cubby? Like, was it, or was it this freestanding footlocker bed? No, it was like serious, like, like a footlocker. Okay. There was, it was, there was no bed. It was all wood. There was no cushion and it had four poles on the corners where you would put your mosquito net. I'll see if I can pull up pictures, dude. So it was like a crate or some shit. Yeah, it was pretty much. Um, and then there was a uh, a laminated printout for yoga exercises. In the, the fact morning. that it's laminated makes me smile. <laughs> I just, I, it, it's it, humid. It's all this raw <laughs> nature and, and wood, and, and then there's just a laminated, laminated piece, piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, well, it, there's know. some dude in the back. That's all he does. He laminates shit. You don't come out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was it was amazing. Uh, okay, so this is. So this, I was in this room by myself. So I was the, the bed on the left was mine. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
You had a fan though, dude, right? Yeah, on. fan. Yeah. So okay. it's it is a Foot Locker, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. There's there's no cushion. There's no nothing. That's um, like a it's like a, a pine box just yeah. inverted. You sleep on top and yeah. <laughs> instead of inside. And so this here's a photo of me. This is the day that, um, dude. I'm like shaking just thinking about it. So this was when I uh, I was initiated. Uh, you can see I had a towel like one of those camping towels that dries really quick. Mm -hmm. So this was when I was initiated into uh, the Buddhist family. So I'm officially, I am like a monk. I, I wouldn't take the full precepts. Oh man. Dude, I'm, I'm like ear to ear, just glowing. It's, it's fucking, a beautiful day, so man. So fucking beautiful. It was man. crazy. I, you're uh, uh, you're like a fucking ball of light. Like you, you can walk around and light up a whole fucking room. That's that's, that's beautiful. That's awesome. That's so cool. Oh, sorry. There you go. Oh yeah. So that that was the day that I got initiated. Um, and so that day, so while I'm there, I'm, you know, I'm an oddity. I'm a blue-eyed, white guy, covered in fucking tattoos in this pagoda uh in the middle of nowhere in Vietnam. well not middle an hour and a half outside of uh ho chi minh saigon so there's a lot of people who would come within the community that just out of curiosity the edward scissorhands effect yeah out yeah. of curiosity to kind of like who is this guy he's fucking crazy he's covered in tattoos but he's he's always laughing and funny and so i created this little family and so on so they would just come all the time and you know i'd take my half an hour and you know they'd say cat meow meow and, and i'd be cat and they'd say ah you know and then they, they'd say it in vietnamese and that's how i would like learn shit and they'd oh. learn shit and stuff like that um and they'd come and they'd bring they knew i liked music so they'd bring like vietnamese bands and stuff like that and little tape players and cds and shit and um so on this day, everyone from the community they, that became part of my little family, it's about about six of them that were really, really close. So they all came for my initiation and they brought their kids and stuff like that. And so we had to do this whole thing where the whole community came and everybody sang and chanted and did a, a, in Pali and Vietnamese. And so in... Uh, the pagoda or a temple or something like that, the, the teacher always sits up above, you know, elevated a little bit, whether it's six inches or a foot or something, his a for sight. And also just, even though it's Buddhism, there's still a little bit of hierarchy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It carries an energy too. Yeah. 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 And so we go all day uh, through this whole thing. And then at the very end, I have to go and I have to sit in the teacher's spot in the center of the pagoda in front of everybody and get up onto the little platform. Oh, I'm probably going to start crying. Sorry. Don't talk <laughs> so it. It's all good, man. man. You might have to edit this. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, so I'm sitting there. And so all these fuck. <laughs> so welcome to the conversation. You know, you know to uh, um, take a minute. I want to honor you 
because you um first off a ceremony like this is so powerful it's life-changing I've seen it and to uh it's it's such a beautiful thing to sit here with you right now to to see you transformed and taken back to this place so just thank you like there's it's very special and i feel blessed to yeah. be doing this right now so thank you for sharing this moment with us thanks um <laughs> it's funny i as i get older i find a cry a lot more just yeah fuck yeah dude but i'm beautiful things yeah not pain Mm -hmm. um (laughs) super weird (laughs) (laughs) so so that's uncomfortable um (laughs) let me try to get through this this is super sorry to make it so uncomfortable i just it's such a beautiful thing and uh, these people didn't know who I was. That didn't make any sense. They knew who I, who I was, but they didn't have, it wasn't family. It wasn't an investment, but this entire like community came out to watch this experience. And so like this situation right now, luckily I had my back to everybody and I was sitting up on the platform and I like this, I just started crying because just to have uh, people care and come out and support you that at the end of the day, just don't have to give a fuck. Yeah. And they do. And so this whole experience kind of like, changed me and I'm sitting there and I'm crying and I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing this? And this is kind of the weird part of it. I've got a family, like my brothers, my sisters, my stepmom, um, all these beautiful friends in my life and this community is coming out here and they're loving me and they're supporting me, but I've been a fucking wing nut and just traveling and, you know, running from myself and problems and blah, 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 blah. And there's all these beautiful people. And I just had this epiphany. Like, what am I doing? I need to go back home. And that, at the time, this was in California. And so I, this total fucking wet balloon for this entire story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so then I, after like a month, I decided to go home after this beautiful experience. And it's, I don't, it's very rare that I kind of like tell that story and cause it is so powerful as you saw and emotional. Um, but it was hard cause I went home and this is kind of going to go back to a little bit of where we were talking about before. Everybody had their jobs. They had their mortgages. They had their lives. They had their fucking iPhones. And it was really, really hard for me cause I had just had this beautiful experience with people that were not, didn't need to share anything with me and they did with without asking for anything they never asked for anything um and then i come back to friends and family and wanted to share this same thing but it just the and it's my own fault 
but the disappointment of not being able to get through, and this is going back to like that taking the time where I wanted to have this experience with people. Yeah. And it just, it didn't happen. And it was so crushing. It was really, really hard. Um, and I don't know what the fucking point is, but. So when you come back from an experience yeah. like that, they're still living their lives. They're yeah. not changed. Yeah. You are. Yeah. And when you come back, they expect you to be the person that left. Yeah. And, and did it, did it feel trying to explain to them people who have never experienced anything like that in their lives? Right. Most likely what that felt like. Right. Did it feel almost like they were looking at you like you're an alien? Like, 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 like what happened to Jason and, and like to, to an a certain extent. And also, you know, to be fair, it is in, it was in my nature to, like I said, fight or flight. So mm-hmm. I was all over the place. Like I was in Vietnam, I was in Tokyo, I was in London, I was in Cambodia, you know, and they're like, ah, fuck, you just went to fucking Vietnam and met some monks and whatever, mm-hmm. fucking, sure. you're going to end up going to somewhere next month. Big fucking deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, they expected the old Jason. Yeah. 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 Um, so it was, it, was, it was really, really hard for something like, wow. Dude, that's crazy. I'm sorry, no, I made that no, super uncomfortable. No, no, no. <laughs> no, you didn't. Not was, at all. That was not. A, see, and, uh, I just no. I don't know what you're gonna say. I just want to thank you for sharing and and thank you for being vulnerable. I mean, the balls on this badass because two guys, you know, and three other people who listen to this thing. <laughs> uh, well, Shawnee will be in there. So four. okay, four. <laughs> yeah, four on this episode yeah. anyway. <laughs> but I. To allude to go back to what I was getting at before, you took this journey of fast paced, technology driven, right, superficial shit, and you found a different place where you've self admitted, right, this is the best it's been. Yeah. Best of your life's been. Yeah. And I think Ike, for you and I, like we're not Buddhist monks. We haven't had that experience. But that's what part of what we're trying to get at too is just slowing things down and talking to people and building a relationship and a realistic level of interaction that's not based on texting and it's not based on me posting something on Facebook and running at the likes. Mm -hmm. It's just however you get there, whether it's through months of only talking 30 minutes a day (laughs) And, and becoming a monk and finding your passion in yourself that way, or whether it's surrounding yourself by like-minded people like this guy across the table from me or, or moving out into, you know, a fucking woods and building yourself a house and never talking to a soul. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, an ultimate level of joy and fulfillment that comes when you find that and you get away yeah. from the, the iPhones and the shit like that. So I, I, could not agree more with you. So my question that I pose to both of you is this. How do you take the world? This is, this is uh, a question that I have for myself like every day. How do you take the world that we live in currently 
and help people understand that where it's just taking time being more because the media is the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. TikTok is based on seven seconds. Yeah. hundred um, percent. And the digital dopamine is like fucking an addiction, a horrible addiction. So how do you take that mindset and create, and that this is another thing that I um, curious about is like, I, I look for a like like-minded people or I'll try to look for groups or communities or stuff like that. But um, a lot of sort of like say the Buddhism stuff, definitely a, in certain areas is very tchotchke and woo woo and mm-hmm. fucking patrolly and all that kind of shit. It's like commercialized. Yeah. And it's just um, like when I came back from that experience, there's this thing called against the stream which is by uh, Noah Levine in his, um, he's got a, a Buddhist meditation thing and his whole thing is punk rock. Mm-hmm. So Buddha is, his real name was Siddhartha. So Sid, Sid Vicious, fucking like the iconic punk rock guy, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not, Sid Vicious, Siddhartha. Oh, yeah. um, and so when I, was initiated it's Theravada Buddhism, which is super straightforward, shut up, sit down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my, my kind of question is like, how do you a like find that kind of stuff? Like that's been my hardest thing. Like moving back to Wisconsin is finding a like-minded people. And, and I know part of that falls on me hundred percent of where it just after a while, I just like, Oh fuck it. Um, but where it's not this people, you have this, uh, framework as a human, just living in the world, especially America that, Oh, you're in a Buddhism. You got to have, here's your incense and here's mm-hmm. your little bell. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. here's, you know, and it's just, I've tried and I go to a couple of places and I say, oh, you fucking, are you fucking kidding? If you talk in that quiet voice again, I'm going to fucking punch you, you know? And it's, and I get what they're doing and where it comes from, but it's like, how do you like, I don't, I don't know, like so, just make it like, help me. <laughs> so what I think Oops, sorry. is the key because I think it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got their own thing that they're trying to figure out and that, right. that whatever that direction is that they're going. But you got to stop trying so fucking hard. Get out of your own way, more. Get out of your own fucking way. Yeah. So I think that something that... So I've been through initiation ceremonies. And when I come back from them, that's my biggest takeaway is stop trying so hard to find the fucking answer. Right. Because A, if the answer of lies within community, that community fucking knows when you're trying so hard and it's off-putting because it doesn't feel authentic. You're going to punch a guy in the face because he's trying so fucking hard to be the best to goddamn Buddhist he can be. Right. And it's annoying the fuck out of you and you don't even want to be in his presence. Yeah. Because you know it's not about the trying. Yeah. It's just about the being. Right. You know? And so for... 
for me in my life, the one thing I always try to keep in my mind is this right here with Kyle and I. Yeah. We did not force this shit. It took months. And then one day, I had totally, honestly, fucking forgot about it. <laughs> and he comes up, he goes, you ready to do this, bro? And I'm like, uh, do what? He's like, the podcast, man. I got the shit. I'm like, <laughs> and at the time, I didn't have, in my mind, I didn't have the time for this shit. Right. I've, I've like, I'm, I've always thought I'm just too busy. But I knew, it's like, fuck it. When you walked into the temple, this is a much different level, but it's fuck it. Yeah. You know? I'm going to make the time. I'm going to be present. I'm going to slow it down enough because I know there's fucking gold in this right here. Right. Well, and it's prioritizing, right? I can prioritize. Do I want to, do I want to grab a coffee with someone for an hour in the morning and build that and, and be present? Or do I want to prioritize sleeping in or sitting on my bed and scrolling through Facebook to see all this shit people have posted overnight right. while I slept. Right. And it's, I think to some degree, um, maybe religion has tried to um, in whatever capacity maybe make that possible. So for instance, right, your experience with Buddhism, I think of Christians, if, if you're, let's just say a devout Christian, you're probably going to spend at least an hour to an hour and a half a week without technology sitting somewhere and, and doing something that's maybe more of a habit. Um, but it forces you to to put yourself into a community right. that at least is doing that same thing. Um, so I think the trick would be how can you get that mentality of slowing people down and getting rid of the distractions and just focusing on the present and take the religion out of it because religion is a voodoo topic. Well, yeah, yeah. What, what I hear in that is is you're modeling that without having to tell somebody you're modeling it you're just being it so so how do you find people though that so also here, model it? i think yeah they find, i think they find you i was about to say i think as you were like through the two conversations from you both my takeaway is and you know it's like and i know this and it's kind of a bit of my philosophy but it's like you do you. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Man. Yep. For sure. You just, you do you and you do your thing. And like, that's like for me, like right now in my life, that's what I'm doing. Like, I'm just, I'm trying to be right now. Get your hand out of your pants. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be the best version and happiest and excited. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to say it though, to say yeah. you do you because it's such a catchphrase. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, um, but it, that's the key. Yeah, that's absolutely the key. You know, when you're looking for that that next piece, who am I going to help? Who am I going to reach out to to get to this next point? It's like just start doing you. Right. If something is valuable to you, do it. And I truly believe that the people that are supposed to come into your life, they're going right. to recognize that. Yeah. Just like you showed up at that temple. Yeah. You know, they needed you, bro. On some, somewhere, somehow, some way, they needed you to have right. that experience with them just as much as you needed them to right. have the experience for yourself. Yeah. And all you had to do is just walk in the right. door. Just show up. Just yeah. fucking show up. Just show up and get out of your way. Yep. Every so, fucking day. <laughs> so it's a non-catchphrase version of that. Personal authenticity. 
Yeah, I like I like just show up. Just yeah. show up. Just, just show, show up. up. Well, hey man, thanks for showing up. Thanks. Fuck, thanks yeah. for having me, dude. This yeah. this got super. This got deep, but that's yeah. how these go, and I yeah. appreciate that. That was, that was interesting. And yeah. and, and kind of lost serious. my shit there. Dead a little se- sweaty. No. <laughs> dead serious, man. That's the beauty of it, man. Thank it you is, for yeah. sharing that. And yeah. I know I know you've got a million more stories because you've been everywhere. Yeah. And we'll do, we'll do, we'll another do this one. again. Yeah. We'll do yeah. this again. Yeah. I'll cry again. Definitely do it again. Yeah. We'll okay, talk I, about I hope so. She makes <laughs> no, no, it's, uh, you got to come back. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, we'll do it again. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, I yeah, appreciate man. you both. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been another conversation. It's a wrap, everybody. That is a wrap. Much love. Have a good week. Yeah.